Duncan reports. New research by the Centre for Social Justice shows the average household debt in Britain is £54,000. Locally, in the last six months, Luton Citizens Advice Bureau has reported a 25% rise in the main debts of people seeking financial help compared to the corresponding period 12 months earlier. The centre's report says more help's needed for the poorest 10% of households, such as affordable credit, responsible lenders and free debt advice. The Labour leader, Ed Miliband, has insisted that his party acted with complete integrity in its dealings with Paul Flowers, the disgraced former chairman of the Co-op Bank. Yesterday, the Prime Minister accused Labour of covering up concerns about Mr Flowers, who stood down as a Labour councillor two years ago after pornography was found on his computer. French police say they believe a man arrested on suspicion of a series of gun attacks in Paris is a convicted criminal who was jailed for his part in a bungled robbery in 1994 in which four people died. Officers say DNA taken from the man, believed to be Abdel Hakim Dekar, matches that found at the scene of the recent attacks. Councils across Bedsarts and Bucks are preparing for colder weather. Parts of the three counties had light snowfall yesterday, the first time this winter. Conservative councillor John Bint, who's responsible for transport at Milton Keynes Council, says they've got a solid plan in place. We have a, a very dedicated team. We have all the right equipment. We have this fabulous stock of this special synthetic um, salt particles that you can spread to precisely the density you need them. Short of something utterly abnormal, we're going to keep the roads flowing. England's cricketers have made a great start to the first Ashes test in Brisbane. After winning the toss and electing to bat, a short time ago, Australia were 180 for six. Stuart Broad has taken four wickets. The weather, more showers today, some of them heavy, with a possibility of sunny spells, but mostly cloudy, with a high of eight Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Wolverton. When you spend a bit of time here, that's when the really exciting stuff comes up. You know, it's got a bit of an edge and I like that. You can live somewhere very pretty and twee, but I like the edge. Vibrant art scene, good pubs, a real place that feels historical and genuine. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Wolverton. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's four minutes past six. It's Thursday the 21st November. I saw snow on the M1 yesterday. Oh, yes. It was coming down. It was was grey snow, as it often is on the motorway, but it was thick and it was coming down and it settled a little bit. Lots coming up on the show this morning. The spare room subsidy, the bedroom tax, whatever you want to call it, Milton Keynes is being flagged up as one of the worst-hit areas, which would suggest people there are living in the wrong houses, wouldn't it? If it's affected you, do get in touch. More of us are turning away from banks and into the arms of loan sharks, which might suggest we need to stop spending, wouldn't it? And teachers are telling parents to stop swearing in front of their children, which would suggest there are too many morons having kids, wouldn't it? Why on earth would you swear in front of children? Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call 08459 
555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We'll get to the... Uh, we'll get to the swearing in front of kids soon. But do, do you swear in front of your children? I don't. I think once... I um in I was driving and someone cut me up and I said a bad word. I went, "Oh, you." And my boy went, "What's that?" I went, "Oh, it's um it's um oh, it's a cockerel." Cock-a-doodle-doo. <clears throat> Got out of that one. Just just. Uh but uh, my my swear filter is excellent. It has to be excellent. I've only ever sworn on the radio once. Once in uh, actually that's quite a lot, isn't it when you consider it. Um but my swear filter is pretty darn good. So, uh, do you swear in front of your children? If you do, I've, may I suggest you, you're very poor parenting. Very poor parenting. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. We'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. First of all, let's talk about uh, spare room subsidies or bedroom tax, as it's more commonly known. New figures suggest that council tenants in Milton Keynes have been badly hit by it. The National Housing Federation, which represents housing associations across the country, says families in the area are losing an average of eight hundred and twelve pounds per year. That's the third highest amount in the southeast. Well, joining me now is the Green Party's MEP for the southeast, Keith Taylor. Morning, Keith. Good morning, Ian. Keith, what's gone wrong in Milton Keynes? Well, it's what's gone wrong in the whole region, actually, the southeast region. The uh, you know the, the public has been caught in the uh, in the trap between benefits being cut, uh, wages stagnating, and the cost of living going up and up and up. And you know we, we've got this new data now, um, which is seeing thirty-seven thousand families across the southeast being hit by this bedroom tax. And of course, as you say, Milton Keynes is the third highest figure. Um, you know, in, we've got a real, real problem. In theory, it's a good idea, isn't it? People who've got extra rooms move to smaller properties, and people who need bigger uh, properties move up. Well, uh, that would be lovely, wouldn't it? Um, but it, the simple fact is, the government is is inflicting this policy on people uh, without ensuring the um, accommodation is there for them to go to. Uh, simply, there is not the supply. Um, we're seeing the most vulnerable in our society being squeezed. They have no backup. They have no escape. And in Milton Keynes, the food bank there, I was at the, the other food bank the other day, a 38% increase in the last year in the distribution of food parcels. Barnardo's are saying 22% of Milton, Kil- Milton Keynes children are living in poverty. That is not good enough. This, is co- this, this government is pursuing a policy making people pay uh, who never caused a financial crisis in the first place. And at the same time, the government is making tax breaks for the richer uh, society uh, uh, at the cost of those who can't afford to pay the bill. There are some people, and I've spoke, I remember we, we talked about the, the, the spare room subsidy, the bedroom tax on the show before, and a woman phoned up and she was saying, I can't afford to live in this house, I can't move, and I can't afford to live in this, in this flat. It then turned out that she not only smoked about 20 cigarettes a day, but she also had Sky Television which is a bare minimum of 21 quid a month. So there, there are, while there are some very, very needy cases, there are some families that don't seem to know how to prioritise, aren't there? Well, I, I think that, um, yeah, you're absolutely right, and I'm smoking is an addiction. Um, that's not, not to justify. People need to stop smoking because it's bad for their Stop health. smoking and get rid of Sky. Then we've got well, a, bit of, a bit of a step forward, haven't yeah, we? But, 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 you know, that I mean, may well be 37,000 people across the region. Um, over, uh, it's, uh, in Milton Keynes, it's 1,600 
and nine um, families affected. They've lost £812 a year. Um, I dare say they're already taking these measures. You're always going to find one or two that mm. still smoke. It's an addiction. Um, you know, I think what we should be doing is calling for real action. Milton Keynes Council, uh, for instance, uh, could consider introducing a no eviction policy because of bedroom tax. Um, and how would that you know, work? If people, people couldn't pay the extra money, they, they would still wouldn't get evicted? Yeah, I mean... It's, well, that wouldn't work, would it? Because, would that work? Because surely everybody would go, hang on a minute, Joe Bloggs next door isn't, isn't paying the extra money, I'm not going to pay. People don't want to be in poverty. People um, don't mind paying their taxes. Um, some richer the richer you are, the more you mind. Um, the fact is we've got rubbish wages, we've got minimum wage that the government set that can't, people can't live on, you've got five people chasing every job. Um, you know, we, we do not want to evict. What are we going to do? We, it's counterproductive uh, and it's cruel to evict people. Um, where are we going to put them? The, the, the local authority still has an obligation to house them. It's going to cost 10 grand to evict somebody and it's going to cost there isn't a places for them to be accommodated. Keith, listen, thank you very much for joining us at this ridiculous time in the morning. Keith Taylor, uh, Green Party MEP for the South East. What do you think? Lots of angles to this, and whenever we do um, talk about the spare room subsidy, the bedroom tax... We get lots of phone calls. So I would suggest you call up as quickly as you can if you want to get on the show. Have you been affected by it? Have you had to make cutbacks? And if you phone up and say, oh, I can't afford, I can't afford my flat now, and you're still smoking, and you've still got Sky TV, shame on you. And if you're queuing up for the new Xbox tonight, shame on you. Shame on you. But has it affected your life? Uh, and if it, if it hasn't, if you're kind of on the outside of this, do you have sympathy for people? who are struggling because of the bedroom tax, what do you think? Get over it. Come on, sort yourself out. 08459 455 555. You've been fantastic on the phones the last few weeks. Can we have a bit more of that, please? Let's keep that up. Makes my job a lot easier, and I think makes the show a whole lot better. 08459 455 555. It's not often we do requests on this show, but I want to play this one. Could it be I'm Falling in Love, the Detroit Spinners... For J Dog. Over to you, big man. And take the love of 
Everything that's being said about you in the office, primarily by me. Justin's got some great stuff for us. He'll also be out this morning asking, is it ever acceptable to swear in front of your kids? Do you do it? I've seen people do it. I've seen people do it. And if you're one of those, you're a bad parent. 08459 555. Quarter past six. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the latest travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a very nice, quiet morning so far. Uh, no problems on the speed sensors or cameras. In St Albans, London Road has roadworks at Alma Cut until Friday. And in Milton Keynes, the A5 Fenny Stratford Power Pass, that's still going on with one lane closed for junction improvement at the Watling Street on the roundabout. Should expect delays there, especially at peak times. Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Right, it's going up to 6.16. It's way, uh, th- w- 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 Thursday, yes, the 21st of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes is amongst the ten places worst affected by the bedroom tax in the southeast. A 16-year-old boy is charged, uh, charged with attempted murder and aggravated burglary in Luton is due in court today. In cricket, England are at the first Test Ashes in Brisbane. A short while ago, Australia were 201 for six. Get this, there are some sad sacks that have been up all night listening to, stroke, watching the cricket. Get a, yes, life. The weather today, mostly cloudy with more showers, some of them heavy and a high of eight Celsius. Coming up, are you going to go into debt to pay for Christmas? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes. 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 The clock's ticking. Doctor, it's time. Doctor Who, the day of the Doctor, Saturday night at 7.50 on BBC One and BBC One HD. You know what that means? I'm going to give it my long horn. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. bit longer than I thought. Uh, How are plans for the Doctor Who special on Friday going, Catherine? What? what, um, The the Doctor Who special on Friday on this show... It's not happening. Sorry? That's not going to happen? That one I said no to repeatedly. No, I know you said no, but as as we have discussed, Catherine, I have editorial control, and I... uh, (laughs) Yeah, carry on. uh, I am really putting my foot down, and I'm demanding, I'm insisting, Doctor Who special... Yeah. I'll tell you what, there's a, there's a local fellow from Hertfordshire, he's written a book about Doctor Who, I contributed to it, I can't remember what I wrote. Let's get him on. Mitch Ben, the comedian, he's brilliant. Oh no, not him. No, he's good, he's a good friend of mine, he loves Doctor Who, get him on. Colin Baker, he's a local, and uh, get and the others. Colin... Right, Kelly. Colin, what's he done? Hi mate. Can I hand this over to you? No, say no. 
I can't really be bothered, if I'm honest. Shh, just nod and smile, can Okay, you? okay. Yeah. I mean, yes, yes. It will ha- happen. In fact, hand it over to me. Give me all the guest names and I'll... Uh, you see what I have to deal with, dear listener? You, you wonder why I'm, you know, I'm lonely and in pain. Yet I still come in every single day and do this shizzle for you. It's happening, girls. It's happening. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, 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 and the flames went higher And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire, the ring of fire I went down, 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 and the flames went higher, and it burns, 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 the ring of fire, the ring of fire. The taste of love is sweet, when hearts like ours meet. I fell for you like a child. But the fire went wild I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And the flames went higher And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And the flames went higher And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire and it, It's a shame, isn't it, that song? We're all childish. The ring of fire The ring of fire And that song has got connotations, hasn't it? We're all a little bit childish and we all, we all sink to that level. We all sink to that level. Catherine, you've sunk to that level. What are you talking about? Piles. What? Piles. No. Ring of Fire. No, it's but, not. No, I know it's not, but it was, it was used as an advert for hemorrhoid cream. It genuinely was. And then the uh, cash estate said, whoa, whoa, no, sir, you ain't doing that. And it got stopped. We've all sunk to that level. Was it just me? Have I just sunk to that It's mostly oh. you, I think. I've just sunk to that level. OK, thank you very much indeed. Hey, Christmas is coming. The most wonderful and expensive time of the year. What are you doing for Christmas? Are you, are you going to overstretch yourself? Are you going to get into debt? According to new research from the independent think tank, uh, the Centre for Social Justice, the pressure to spend and banks' reticence to lend is driving more and more of us into the hands of payday loan companies and loan sharks. We can speak now to uh, former Labour MP Chris Pond, who chaired the work... Excuse me, the working group which wrote the report. I do apologise, I'm having a little bit of breakfast when I'm talking. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, It's Ian. a little bit windy this morning, Chris. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the same for everybody, I think. Now, uh, you chaired the working group which wrote the Centre for Social Justice report. What, what, what kind of problems are people facing? 
Well, I think like everybody at the moment, coming up to Christmas, we're all thinking how we're going to uh, meet the expectations of everyone around us, especially where there are kids in the family. And, you know, for those who are already up to the limit, that can be a very dangerous situation. So we know there are 8 million people in this country who are literally one payday away from um, being in debt. Uh, In some cases, one payday away from the possibility of losing their homes because they have no savings whatsoever. So it it is uh, important that if people find themselves in difficulty, they do turn uh, for advice uh, to that very large range of organisations who are out there and uh, specialise in helping people in those circumstances. How do people get into this debt? Is it, particularly as we're coming up to Christmas, is it them overstretching themselves and being unrealistic? No, what we've said in the report is that this is actually not to do with people being uh, careless with the way they treat their money. Mm. Some of us are much of the time, of course. But the problem of debt in this country, which now uh, amounts to a a stonking 1.43 trillion, uh, which is including mortgage debt, but even if you took that out, it would be 158 billion. Now, at this time in the morning, that's just too many noughts for most of us to cope with. But the reason that we've got to that situation is because the cost of living has been going up dramatically over a long period of time and real incomes have been falling. So real wages are now, have now fallen to the level they were in 2003, 10 years ago. Now that gap has had to be made up by borrowing and debt. And uh, very often, the forms of borrowing that people can get hold of are quite expensive indeed. You mentioned payday. There's, of course, people uh, maxing out on their credit cards, which is even more expensive Mm. in some circumstances than payday, Um, and people who uh, go overdrawn on their bank account without making an arrangement. Now, that does mean that people then fall further into debt rather than being able to fill that gap. But companies like Wonga and the payday loan companies, they're not necessarily the bad guys, are they? Because if they're they're used responsibly, then they serve a purpose, don't they? Well, they do, because, you know, for many people, um, you've got to get from one end of the week to the next. um, And, you know, you you don't... If you go along to your high street bank and say, look, I need uh, 30 quid to to tide me over until Friday, uh, you'll see the smile on their face. They are not going to help you out Mm. in that way. So, you know, the short-term lenders, where it's done responsibly, and many of them are, are really trying to get their house in order to make sure they are, are actually fulfilling a need. And it's not necessarily sensible to talk about annual percentage rates of uh, interest when you're only going to borrow it for a few days. The problem is when those short-term loans become long-term, when you roll it over to borrow more, to pay off the last loan, etc. That's when you get into difficulty with things like payday. Is there still a reluctance amongst people to admit that they are struggling a bit financially and, and, and ask for help? That's a huge problem. On average, we tend to wait a year between realising that we've got a real problem with debt and uh, turning to somebody uh, for advice with that debt. And I think that's partly because we still have a situation where... Although everyone's encouraged to borrow, um, you know, especially for the, for the most basic things, I mean, a third of people who are unemployed um, have to borrow to pay for their kids' school uniform. Um, so we have that encouragement and that necessity for people to borrow. But when people find themselves in debt, then we all become terribly judgmental. So we've got to get out of this uh, belief that being in debt is a badge of shame and encourage people to turn for help either 
to the provider of that loan or to um, the free debt advice services are out there, Citizens Advice, Money Advice Trust, uh, many of the other organisations who uh, are stretched in resources but who are there and willing to help uh, people in difficult uh, times. Did your report look at the, 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 the ticking time bomb of mortgages? Because mortgages are the famously low rate for, for an extended period of time. If that rate goes up by half a percent or one percent, then there will be lots of people who will struggle to make those payments, won't they? That is what really worries us, that you know, interest rates are so low at the moment that people are um, lulled into a, a sense of full security. You know, they think it's going to go on like this forever. And if you're right on the edge, then even a small increase in interest rates, as you say, Ian, is going to tip people over. And there's a particular problem for people who've got interest-only mortgages, which were encouraged a few years ago, um, if, they have, if they haven't thought through how they're going to pay those off. Mm. There's a lot of people entering retirement with interest-only mortgages. They've got no mechanism for, for paying it off, and they're going to be sitting with a hefty debt. So people need to be thinking well in advance uh, how they're going to deal with that, and if they're not sure how they're going to, then they need to uh, seek some specialist advice. Chris, finally, if, if people at home are worrying that they are in debt or they are approaching debt, what sort of places should they be looking for for help? Well, citizens' advice is uh, the first port of call for so many people, but the first thing that I would recommend people do is if you're struggling with your repayments, go to the person who's and the organisation who's lent you the money. Um, because they also have a responsibility to make sure when they did make that loan to you, that that was a sensible and responsible form of lending. And very often, lenders will say, OK, the important thing for us is that we do get the money back over time. If you need to take longer to repay, then so be it. So that should be people's first port of call. Uh, but then there are advice agencies out there who, who will help um, and who are specialists and, and will not be judgmental in uh, dealing with your, uh, your concerns. Chris, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. That's former Labour MP Chris Pond, who chaired uh, the working group which wrote the report uh, for the Centre for Social Justice. 08459 555555. Um, let me know how you're doing financially. Are you in trouble? Have you been in trouble? It'd be great to get some uh, some good stories out of this. Yes, you were in trouble, but you managed to turn a corner by consolidating your debts, by paying off the, the, the most important ones first. How did you get out of trouble? Let's try and be an inspiration for people who might be struggling at the moment. 08459 555555. Uh, and also, are you going to overspend... This Christmas, where are you going to get the money from? Is it all going to go on the credit card and you'll sort it out in the new year? Or are you going to go to, to one of those payday loan centres and, and get a few, a few hundred quid to tide you over? Is that really wise? I'd love to hear from you if you are. Never, been, never used Wonga, never used a payday loan centre. Touch wood, I've, I've, I, won't, I haven't needed to and I won't need to. If you have, 08459 455 555. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's coming up to half past six. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. So far, the M40 is looking good on the cameras and the speed sensor showing that the M25 is fine through those roadworks at 23 South Mims and 25 for Enfield. That's where the lanes are narrowed and the speed is down to 50 miles per hour. In Bedford, Goldington Road has roadworks around George Street, which will be finishing today. Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Gossett, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
6.30, I'm Jane Killick. Milton Keynes has been named as one of the top ten authorities in the southeast most affected by the bedroom tax. More than 1,500 households are paying the spare room subsidy, the average family losing £812 per year. Soldiers from a secret British army unit have admitted shooting unarmed civilians during the Troubles in Northern Ireland in the early 1970s. Members of the Military Reaction Force, who have spoken to the BBC's Panorama programme, say they believe their unit saved many lives. Debt levels are close to an all-time high, piling pressure on people in the three counties who are struggling with their finances. In Luton, the Citizens Advice Bureau says requests for help have increased by 25%. The weather, mostly showery and cloudy today, with the odd sunny spell and a high of 8 Celsius. On to sport, and England's cricketers have made a great start to the first Ashes Test in Brisbane. After winning the toss and electing to bat a short time ago, Australia were 217 for 6. In football, West Brom have received an apology from referees chief Mike Riley for the award of Chelsea's injury time penalty at Stamford Bridge earlier this month. Albion were 2-1 up when referee Andre Mariner controversially awarded a spot kick four minutes into added time for Stephen Reid's challenge on Ramirez. Stevenage manager Graham Wesley says it's been a difficult week as he prepares for Saturday's League One trip to Peterborough. The borough have injury problems and Wesley is hoping the situation improves in the next few days. Not a lot of uh, selection uh, problems, but just a question of trying to get uh, enough fit bodies together to, to put a show on the road. So uh, a difficult week we've had, um, a lot of bodies in the treatment room, and uh, we're hoping that one or two will piece themselves together before the weekend. Former cyclist Lance Armstrong has settled a lawsuit brought by an insurance company that paid him $3 million for successes while doping. The American was stripped of his seven Tour de France titles before admitting he took performance-enhancing drugs. Acceptance Insurance says the Texans' drug use meant their policy with him is void. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with the full bulletin at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Here we go. So, let's look at the papers with uh, me, Ian Lee. um... And me, Catherine Boyle. Okay. Uh, 08459 455 555. We need you to come and join in with the papers. You don't have to have the papers in front of you. We provide those, not literally, but uh, metaphorically speaking. If you want to take part, 08459 455 555. Oh, a bit of uh, Cindy Lauper, which is called... Uh, is that it? Yeah. Thanks very much. You with the sad heart Don't be discouraged, don't worry, lass It's hard to take courage In a world full of people You can But I see your truth 
I just really, I couldn't Great. be bothered. So, um, but, but there's Alan Winter, the Houghton Regis oh, Council. Oh, no, leave it. No, 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 no. He's not listening to the show anymore. He's posted it on Facebook, but I can't see his Facebook um, His Facebook comment. He's, he's not listening to the show anymore. Why? Oh. Um, because he doesn't appreciate your tactics. Okay, I don't appreciate being called a twit, not a twit, the, uh, the word with an A instead of an I, by Houghton Regis councillors. I don't think that's, uh, that's the word, Kelly, yes. I don't think that's appropriate. I don't think that's... A, if, you, if you missed his tweet yesterday to me, his abusive tweet, I've just retweeted it, so you can have a little look at it uh, again. Luckily, uh, when you tweet something, it stays there forever. Uh, we're looking at the newspapers, Catherine. What have you got? Church embraces women bishops. Not literally. That would be wrong. The Church of England turned its back on decades of division yesterday and voted overwhelmingly in favour of women bishops. About time. Yeah. Do, do you know there are some people listening to this? Not um, Brian in High Wycombe. He's sensible, aren't you, Brian? Well, I'm listening. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, maybe you're not so sensible there. We're, we're, we're lady bishops. We need lady bishops, don't we, Brian? Uh, I, I can't see anything wrong with it. I think it's, yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think that they had a bit of glamour, a bit of spice, a little bit of sex to the church that's lacking at the moment. Well, just a different point, point of view. Oh, yeah, and that as well. Of course, listen, my tongue's in my cheek, but of course we need to have lady bishops. There are people listening to this because they have phoned me before. They will phone again and say, no, 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 no. The church is the house of God. It should be ruled by men. It should be governed by men. Women don't have the authority to um, be bishops. They also bring in the uh, the idea that it's like the traditional family and yep. um, the woman shouldn't make any of the decisions. Well, hang on a minute. Yeah, yeah, Things wait, have four, changed. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Brian, would you like to join us for the, a stroll through the newspapers this morning? Well, yeah, she worked me up yesterday, but I'm calm on this subject. OK, well, you, uh, you, what were you angry about yesterday? The cheer boys. Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen. Yeah. 
As you know, Brian, you, pro- you may know, I'm not a huge football fan, OK? OK. And I was surprised to find out that the, uh, the High Wycombe football team, their nickname is the Chairmakers. No, the Chairboys. Because they make the finest chairs in all of England. And, and Brian, you have to be honest, it's a ridiculous nickname for a football team, isn't it? It was all laid out on BBC Two, the antique celebrity antiques roadshow last night. If you'd been watching oh. that, oh. Uh, my case would have been proven. Oh, did, the, what did, what did they explain the history of the chairmakers? Well, yes, and all the uh, upside-down chairs, the thousands of chairs that were produced in Highwick. Hang on. Hang on a minute. They're the finest chairmakers in the world... And they're well, making upside-down chairs? There's only one in existence. That was in the museum. And they re- I can make an upside-down chair. You get a chair and you turn it upside-down. <laughs> there's no skill in it, Brian. <laughs> Are they any good, the High Wycombe chair makers? Well, the football it's team. from the beach woods. They oh. use the natural woods, the bo- chair bodges. Okay. Must, have, must have heard of chair bodges. Miss, and... I've missed the chair bodges. Were they around in the 60s? Um, uh, only one or two who just practised the art that was uh, carried on in the past. Why are but you? Why are you so passionate about it, Brian? Are you a chairmaker yourself? No, but it, the it's uh, like a good sit down. Sorry, you, you I'm not a chairmaker no. myself. No, my brother, uh, my my um, uh, my son is a cabinet maker. Ah, <laughs> ah. And <he's, laughs> he was brought. He was uh, taught in uh, arguably the best apprentice school in the country. <laughs> I won't better not to mention Pete, uh, firms' names. No, but, don't, uh, don't, don't mention Pete's name. Now, mm-hmm. Catherine, you're, you're, let's have a look at what Catherine's got <laughs> in the newspapers, okay. Brian, then you can have your say. Yeah, By the okay. way, I just have to note, uh, note that next in the studio next door, Kelly Betts has vandalised the BBC Three Counties branding. And what, what have you done, Kelly? The sign, there's a big Three Counties sign. Yep. <laughs> Part of it's broken. Right. Uh, I'm trying to put it up. It wasn't broken five minutes ago. It, actually, I walked in and it was on the floor. Okay. What's that noise, Kelly? I'm boiling the kettle. <laughs> Good for you. She okay. Turn the chair upside down. No, she, she better not have turned the chair upside down. <laughs> that is a sackable offence at the BBC after the recent scandals. Catherine, what right. have you got? Kim and Kanye in a minute, and I'm really interested to hear what Brian has to say about Kim and Kanye's new video. It's ridiculous. Oh, Euro, Eurostar. I oh, know what are they like, Brian? Eurostar pays ferry fare home for 36 stone man. It banned. Do you remember this story? A 36 stone French man considered too fat to board a commercial flight and a cruise. Cruise ship? A cruise you ship? You see if that's gone a cruise ship? They're massive. They won't notice a 36-stone man, will they? Uh, he's fine on his way home, thanks to the company which told him that he couldn't tra- travel by train either. After receiving medical treatment in the United States, Kevin Cheney, who's 22 and 36-stone, was turned away by British Airways, the Queen Mary 2 cruise ship and Eurostar, which said that his weight made him a danger to other passengers. Yeah, well... So he's finally home. Are you ever, listen, let's not make light of this. Well, a little bit, but we've all been there. Maybe you've been there, Brian. You've been on an aeroplane... And the seat next to you is empty. You think, yes, I'm going to get away with this. I'm going to have a whole flight with the seat next to me free. Don't know why it's so important, but we like it. And then just before they close the doors, a very large, big, fat gentleman comes and squeezes in next to you. You ever had that, Brian? I've been lucky. My long legs are my problem, but I, I have been lucky in the respect you're talking. Oh, I've, I've, Catherine, you must have had it. I don't fly as often as you. So. Well, no. exactly. He's I'm very luxurious. <laughs> I also know very large people. 
And do you know there's something that they dread? Really? Is really? That, is the chair thing. Because Isn't they know everyone's looking at them and waiting for that moment. If you go to a restaurant, they're looking... They're thinking, oh my goodness, what are the chair's going to be like? Yeah. It is something that plays on people's minds. Isn't that interesting? I never thought of it. The well, the whole way. room anticipates the moment, yeah. don't they? Now, uh, we want, I'm keen to get your views on this, Brian. What have you got here, Catherine? Cringe Couples, Thursday, November the 21st, 2013. That's today. The Sun, page 37, if you want to read along. Kanye West. Do you know Kanye West, Brian? That's not much. He's, no, a, rap, he's a rap artist. Johnny Cash earlier was all my style. He's a bit like Johnny Cash. Oh, right. A okay. bit like Johnny Cash, isn't oh, he? He talks about what's going down now. Yeah, exactly. In a way, if you're very rich, he talks about that a lot, doesn't yeah. he? Well, this time he's talking a lot about the fact that he's with Kim Kardashian and he gives it... it there's only one way I can describe this. It, it, it's, it's kind of the reader's wives of pop videos. They've made a pop video, Brian, and they're riding a bike. She's not wearing a helmet or a top, Brian, which I think yeah. contravenes some health and safety regulations. Well, I've just come out of hospital and lots of people without tops, I saw, so... Yeah, sorry, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> what were you in hospital for, Brian? Well, eight days ago, um, it's a, well, it's a short story, really. The paramedics uh, came here, picked me up, managed to save me, took me to... Mandeville took me to Wickham and uh, yeah, I'm writing to my MP on that one because uh, I've got things to say since I've been here. Hey, so hang on, so they, they, they saved you? Absolutely. What was, what was going on, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, no, don't, don't get us, you've been, you've dealt with National Trust and, uh, oh. uh, sorry. Uh, oh, national yeah, Health. That was a Freudian slip. Yes. Uh, the, uh, you can't blame the National <laughs> Trust for the state of the hospitals, <laughs> Brian, I will not <laughs> allow that one. <laughs> the National Health, a bit early in the morning yet. Okay, um, but you're, 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 you're fit and well again now, are you? Well, I, I think I'm luckier than, uh, most. My right. postman yesterday brought a parcel and I... Took a long time to get down the stairs. I'm allowed to go down the stairs, but I'm not going to rush down. Yeah. And he said he lost his brother earlier this year. Mm. He died of a heart attack in his sleep, and he was 53. Oh I'm in my 80th year, so... Tell you I what, mean, Brian, best not look at this new video, Don't then. look at the don't Kim Kardashian, can you? Yeah, so sorry, I'm, I'm going off. No, listen, no, this is why we want people to come on to get their stories, yeah. Brian. Local and indeed vocal. One final thing, Brian, one final story. This is in a yeah. lot of the newspapers. I've got it page 13 of the Daily Mail. Yeah. We're sending Justin out on this. Headmistress tells parents, please stop swearing. A headmistress has sent a letter to the parents of the school saying, please don't swear on school premises. And to be honest, it's probably a good idea you don't swear at home in front of the kids. Now, this to me, I've got two boys. They'll be four and two in the new year. This to me seems like obvious common sense. You don't swear in front of children. Well, what do I say? My do- I hope it wasn't my daughter. She's the head of a school which recently got outstanding. And, yeah, I don't think <laughs> she'd be out- the school would be outstanding. Uh, I mean, no, swearing. Uh, I don't think you should swear in front of anybody. But uh, oh. I may be missing the point on this. No, one, no, so. not at all. Hey, you must be proud of your daughter being the head of a school that got outstanding. Well, I mean, she's probably lucky to have a... She's got a good staff and uh, everything going her and way. And it sounds like she's got a good dad as well. Brian, lovely to talk, uh, talk to you. Thanks for taking part in being a good sport. I uh, uh, enjoyed it. Bye. Cheers, Brian. Oh, Thank you. I there like we go. Brian. I can like we, Brian. We'll get him keep back. Him. We'll get Keep Brian's number. We'll get him back. You can take part tomorrow if you want. Uh, so you don't swear in front of your girls, do you? No. And you've got a potty mouth normally. I mean, upstairs... No, I haven't. Been... I think oh. that in this industry, because we have to be so careful when we're on air, sometimes we're a little fruitier off air. Yes. Just to be, be normal. I am... Uh, could you sign this? I just got this thing. Could you just sign this petition for me? What's the just, petition just sign the for? Petition. Just, uh, uh, just sign it, and um, um, it's to stop. It's a petition we've all signed in the office to stop you oh. swearing. So if you could just put your name at the bottom, you know you could do this, don't you? Oh, for goodness' sakes! 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M25 anti-clockwise is heavy between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield. Also struggling at Junction 20 for Kings Langley at the moment. In Bricketwood, the North Orbital is heavy already this morning on the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Public transport has no reported problems, but having a quick look on the departure boards, the Watford Junction 705 to Euston is running 10 minutes late. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Oh, got me all, my faders have all gone to cock this morning. I do apologise. I've got it now. Right, there we go. 6.46. That's not a swear word when you say it. It's not a swear word when you say it in that context. Because it's not, you silly sausage. The panic in the studio next door is not a swear word. It's a, it's a phrase. <laughs> 6.46. It's uh, Thursday, the 21st November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes is among the places most affected by the controversial bedroom tax. Soldiers from a secret British Army unit have admitted shooting unarmed civilians during the troubles in Northern Ireland in the early 1970s. And in cricket, a few moments ago, Australia were 231 for six against England at the first Ashes Test in Brisbane. 08459 455 555. If you swear in front of your children, you're a bad parent. Before we talk about that, let's get the weather with Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Elizabeth. Hello, good morning. Quick question. Yes. Tomorrow, I am really trying to motivate the team to pull together to yep. uh, to put the finest local radio Doctor mm. Who special together. Mm. You yeah. a fan of you a fan of the Doctor? <laughs> Not really. Yeah. <laughs> huh? I haven't watched it for yeah. ages. Yeah, but when you did watch Sorry. it, you liked it, didn't you? Yeah? Yeah, but we're talking yeah. like about 20 years ago. Yeah, you're not old enough. <laughs> you're not old enough for that. Yes, baby, you'd like I am. No, you don't look it. <laughs> you'd like a Doctor Who special tomorrow, wouldn't you, Elizabeth? Yeah, I'd love one. Yeah. Thank you yeah, very much indeed. <laughs> Carry on with the weather. OK, all right. So, uh, we've got some showers around today. They're all going to fall as rain, really. Perhaps a little bit of sleetiness, particularly over the higher ground. They're going to be blowing in on that northeasterly wind. That's really going to take the edge of the temperatures and make it feel really quite bitter, I think, for the rest of the day today. But the showers should tend to ease down into the afternoon. We'll see a little bit of brightness around. The wind's still very brisk, though. And in theory, we're looking at temperatures up to 6 or 7 degrees, 45 in Fahrenheit across the three counties. But in practice, it's going to feel a lot colder than that because of the wind chill. Now, overnight tonight, the wind is still going to be fairly brisk, but it will ease down just a touch. We may just see a little bit of frost develop in more sheltered spots. Um, Clear skies, and I think most places staying dry, apart from perhaps eastern areas of Hertfordshire, where we could still see a good few showers continue. Now, as we head into tomorrow, it's going to be a drier, brighter day. Still perhaps a few showers towards eastern areas in particular. Again, uh, the wind will be a bit lighter. Still noticeable, still noticeably cold as well, but a bit lighter than today. Top temperatures again of around 7 degrees. Slightly more pleasant, I think, because of the uh, the lighter winds. And then for the weekend, it's looking dry, but rather cloudy. Some widespread frosts at night. That's the forecast, Ian. Thanks, Dr. Hoofer. Across beds, hearts and bucks, 664 police officers are trained to use tasers. There's no question it's painful, 
but many police officers want them and more officers are being trained to use them. They're put through a three-day, very intensive and comprehensive training package which is recognised as one of the best in the world. So this Tuesday evening at the Toco Centre in Luton, I'm hosting a JVS show taser special. I'll show you what happened when I was taser trained and you can put your questions to me, police experts and anti-taser lawyer Sophie Kahn. If you'd like to be in the audience and take part, call 08459 455 555 or email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. The way I describe it, it's the most painful thing I've ever volunteered to do. A JVS Show taser special this Tuesday evening at the Toco Centre in Luton. Get in touch to book your place. You make me feel so young You make me feel so spring has sprung And every time I see you grin I'm such a happy individual The moment that you speak I want to go play hide and seek I want to go and bounce the moon Just like a toy balloon you and I are just like a couple of tots Running across a meadow Picking up lots of forget-me-nots You make me feel so young You make me feel there are songs to be sung Bells to be rung And a wonderful fling to be flung And even when I'm old and gray I'm gonna feel the way I do today Cause you make me feel so young You make me feel so young You make me feel so spring has sprung and every time I see you grin, I'm such a happy individual. The moment that you speak, I want to go and play hide and seek. I want to go and bounce the moon just like a toy balloon. You and I are just like a couple of tots. Running across a meadow Picking up lots of forget-me-nots You make me feel so young You make me feel there are songs to be sung Bells to be rung Wonderful fling to be flung And even when I'm old and gray I'm gonna feel the way I do That's what you need first thing in the morning, a little bit of Frank Sinatra. Huh? Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We'll be talking uh, about swearing in front of your kids in a little bit. Uh, we're also talking about debt. Um, and Nick is texting about debt and Christmas debt. I definitely will not be getting into debt for Christmas. I don't do Christmas. You Scrooge, you miser. 
I'm not a Scrooge or a miser. I'm just not interested. You should get taken in by all of the hype and the excitement. I'm not taken in by all the hype and excitement and pressure from retailers, relatives, friends, etc. to get involved. Nick, you should be. It's, even if you don't do the whole thing, even if you don't go the whole hog, just get a tiny little tree, like a foot-high tree, a little bit of tinsel. You can get some lights for two ninety nine. Okay, A nice roast dinner, a couple of presents. A, pr- one, a present. Buy a present for yourself. Do that. Oh, Christmas is wonderful. I will not. I will not have a word said against it. If you want to call in and say a word against it, you can. Uh, This morning and all this week, BBC Three Counties Radio is exploring the reality of life behind bars with a series of thoughts from those who have the experience of prisons in the three counties. Today we hear from Bedfordshire Judge Richard Foster. And I'm Judge Richard Foster. I'm the so-called resident judge at Luton Crown Court. It doesn't mean I live here. It means I'm the senior judge and I look after and, and work alongside five other judges. We have no direct control as to where defendants go when they are remanded in custody or are sentenced. Bedford Prison takes a lot of our defendants because that is our local prison but uh, they don't all go there Uh, but all the judges here visit prisons and we are all in touch with the governors so we know what's going on if there's a problem we can make contact with them prison is always the last resort there's many sayings one is if in doubt keep them out one wants to keep them out of prison as much as possible but it has to be there sometimes as the ultimate deterrent even for short sentences if people do not cooperate with the probation service eventually you have to have prison as the deterrent and the enforcement method for community orders. But the probation service runs some superb community facilities for drug rehabilitation, for alcohol problems, for problems with housing and money, with anger treatment and management. They work very well, uh, holistically very often these days, looking not just at their offending, but also at their housing and their health needs and their financial needs, and giving them support to make them live what's hopefully worthwhile lives. The main purpose of sentencing is rehabilitation. Normally, save for dangerous offenders, a defendant only serves half of his prison sentence in custody. The other half is uh, on licence, being supervised by the probation service. And, of course, they go back to prison if they re-offend or breach the terms of their licence. It works in the sense it keeps people out of the community if they are dangerous. For those long-term prisoners, if they are given the right courses and the right treatment, there's a very good opportunity of them coming out many years later and to go back into the community and to live worthwhile lives. Likewise, for the um, short sentences following perhaps someone who's uh, breached uh, community orders, you've got to have that... uh, facility to give them that sentence otherwise those community orders lack credibility and will not be enforced in any in any other way but the short sentence in itself is of dubious benefit to the prisoner it's very frustrating when you've tried to help people but yet they don't comply and it's very sad that people end up back before the courts because um, they've got into the wrong company. I feel despair sometimes because a lot of these people are not bad people. They, they've done bad things, but they're not bad people. And one can see good in them, and one hopes that that, that will come through, that they will put to one side their criminal conduct and, and live worthwhile lives. Um, one must have faith in human nature. A fundamental Christian message is, is forgiveness and new beginnings. Whether or not you're a Christian, it doesn't matter, but that, I think, as a philosophy is very important. The ability of people to draw a line in the sand and to put matters behind them and to move forwards. I'm sure if you have any faith in human, human nature, you must believe in that.
down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones, looking for fun and feeling groovy. Feeling groovy. Hello, lamppost. What you knowin'? I come to watch your flowers growin'. Ain't you got no rhymes for me? Do it and do do. Feeling groovy. Da 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 da. Feeling groovy. No deeds to do, no promises to keep. I'm dappled and drowsy and ready to sleep. Let the morning time drop all its petals on me. Life, I love you. All is groovy. Come on now, this is like this is a song, isn't it? It's making you feel Christmassy, Kelly. Really it's Christmassy. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, I want to pop a tree. You want to do what? Put up a tree. Go on then. Okay. Where? Have you got one? Mm, no. <laughs> oh, I got a minute. The Beatles. Oh, no, oh, Beatles. Oh, Beatles. Really? No, Beatles. No, 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 no. Oh. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. N25 anti-clockwise, heavy between 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield. Also slow between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. In Bricketwood, the North Orbital, very slow on the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Public transport has no reported problems. Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Short, but factually accurate. Well done. Hey, you, if you're a parent and you swear in front of your children, shame on you. That's a form of abuse, you know. 08459 455 555. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, 1,600 homes paying the bedroom tax in Milton Keynes. People seeking advice over debt in Luton up by 25% and councils in beds, hearts and bucks preparing for wintry weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes has been named as one of the top ten authorities in the southeast most affected by the bedroom tax. The National Housing Federation says 1,600 households in Milton Keynes are paying the spare room subsidy. Keith Taylor, the Green Party Euro MP for the South East, says people can't avoid the charge by moving to a smaller property because there aren't enough available. The simple fact is the government is inflicting this policy on people without ensuring the um, accommodation is there for them to go to. Uh, simply there is not the supply. We're seeing the most vulnerable in our society being squeezed. Soldiers from a secret British Army unit have admitted shooting unarmed civilians during the Troubles in Northern Ireland in the early 1970s. Members of the Military Reaction Force, who've spoken to the BBC's Panorama programme, say they believe their unit saved many lives. A 16-year-old boy will appear at Luton Crown Court today, charged with attempted murder and aggravated burglary. It follows the stabbing of a man in the early hours of Saturday morning when he confronted intruders at his home in Wellfield Avenue. 
The Citizens Advice Bureau in Luton has seen an increase of 25% in the number of people asking for advice about debt. It comes as the Centre for Social Justice says debt in Britain is near an all-time high. The former Labour MP Chris Pond chaired the working group which wrote the report. We know there are 8 million people in this country who are literally one payday away from um, being in debt. Uh, In some cases, one payday away from the possibility of losing their homes. The Labour leader, Ed Miliband, has insisted his party acted with complete integrity in its dealings with Paul Flowers, the disgraced former chairman of the Cooperative Bank. David Cameron accused Mr Miliband yesterday of being aware of concerns about Mr Flowers, but not telling the relevant authorities. Councils across Beds, Hearts and Bucks are preparing for colder weather. Parts of the three counties had light snowfall yesterday, the first time this winter. Conservative councillor John Bint, who's responsible for transport at Milton Keynes Council, says they've got a solid plan in place. We have a, a very dedicated team. We have all the right equipment. We have this fabulous stock of this special synthetic Um, salt particles that you can spread to precisely the density you need them. Short of something utterly abnormal, we're going to keep the roads flowing. American scientists say eating nuts regularly can lead to a longer life. A study published in the New England Journal of Medicine found that a handful of nuts a day reduced death rates from heart disease by nearly 30% and cancer by 11%. And in cricket, a few moments ago, Australia were 242-46 against England at the first Ashes Test in Brisbane. The weather, more showers today, some of them heavy, with a possibility of sunny spells, but mostly cloudy, with a high of 8 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Jane. Hello. I need some help. Yes. Now, I don't know if you... You know I work with Catherine Boyle and Kelly Bates. They're a pain. Uh, and they are <laughs> yeah. adamant that they don't want to do a Doctor Who special tomorrow. Oh, what? Yeah, Doctor I, Who? But it's it, Doctor Who's 50th anniversary. Yes, this is totally what I was banking on. It's the 50th anniversary. We have to celebrate it somehow, don't we? We do. I mean, people remember seeing Doctor Who from their childhood. Who was, who was your doctor? I know this ages are slightly when we announced this, but it's gone. Who was yours? Uh, it's going to be Tom Baker. Oh! I, he was mine. I, when I was five years old, I, my dad worked at the BBC. He took me to the BBC, and we were sat in the canteen, and suddenly, walking past me, was Tom Baker in the full Doctor Who kit. Oh, wow. He saw me looking at him. He bent down. He went, hello, what's your name? I said, Ian. He said, Ian, do you get scared watching Doctor Who? I said, yes. He went... So do I. And he gave me some sugar lunks and walked off. Oh, fantastic. Wonderful. So you're, you, you're in. You, you're, you, you're, you're signing the petition to have a Doctor Who special tomorrow. I think we should do Doctor Who. I mean, a 50th anniversary only comes around once. Thank you very much indeed. We're coming to towns and villages all across our counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. When you can come to places like Wolverton, you can find a lot of heritage, culture. It's not just the, the place, is it? It's the spirit of the people. All this week in Wolverton. You could never be bored here if you, if you didn't want to be. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. I imagine it's got something to do with uh, grot bags. See, you see, the storm is changing direction. The winds are blowing, um, to, which is good, towards us or behind it. The winds are blowing in our favour. The rallying cry has been sounded across the galaxies. Don't quite know where I'm going with this. No, stick with me. 
there's going to be a Doctor Who special tomorrow. That's that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to say. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties uh, Radio. Lots to uh, talk about this morning. As always, keen to get your thoughts. Here are some of the bits and pieces we've got coming up. The spare room subsidy, the bedroom tax, whatever you want to call it, Milton Keynes is being flagged up as one of the worst hit areas. How has it affected you? And do you have any sympathy for people who are struggling to make the payment? Most of us are turning away from banks and into the arms of payday loaners and loan sharks. How will you be paying for Christmas this year? And t- a teacher has sent a letter to parents saying, look, could you stop swearing in front of your kids? They're bringing the bad language into the school. Well, that seems obvious. If you swear deliberately in front of your children, that's abuse. You are a bad parent. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The way this show works, and the way lots of radio show works, I have a, a, various screens in front of me. One tells me what, what jingles and beds and songs I'm playing next. One tells me what stories I'm doing next. And then one is, is a screen that can be typed on uh, by Kelly and Catherine next door that tells me what, what item we're doing next and what, uh, who will be coming up as a caller. It says on the screen now, caller, subject swearing, fader one, guess. I'm going to have a random guess. Is it Dennis from Dunstable? Oh, you're spot on. Yeah, Absolutely not, spot on. I'm not saying that you're, you and this show are predictable or anything, Dennis. No, but no, but it's, it's you that is predictable. Well, it's... Well, hang on a minute. Uh, only if you predicted I was going to say it was you, in which case highlights the fact that you're predictable. Huh? No, no. What do you want? I, I'm just about swearing in front of children. It's awful, isn't it? It's abuse. No, the trouble is, my youngest child is in his 50s, and they lower the voice when they swear at me. Oh, really? Oh. The poor old soul, he doesn't know what he's talking... The thing is, <laughs> after seven years in the Navy, oh. I could teach the world how to swear. I'm trying to um, think if I can tell a story about my mum when she was a little girl, and... Um... No, I can't tell that story. I can't tell that story because it alludes it alludes to the, the, the naughtiest swear word in the world and a good hiding she got from uh, my granddad. Anyway, anyway, uh, uh, so what, what do you think that we should be swearing in front of kids? No, I do not. It's no. a, it is abuse, isn't it? And it, yes, is, awful. it is. And when they get to a certain age, they know all the swear words. I was uh, reminded my, last night, my little boy, he's, he's kind of going to sort of a, a proper nursery before he goes to starts going to school. And you are aware of how influential other children and therefore other children's parents are on your kids, OK? Last night he made a big uh, spaceship out of Lego and there were black turrets on it. I said, what are those black turrets? He went, they're guns, and they go, bang, 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 bang. Now, I've never taught him about guns. We've never mentioned guns in our house. And I said, do you know what, do you know what guns are? He said, no. I just know they go, bang, 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 bang. And so kids pick up stuff, don't they, without knowing. In fairness to him, he was saying gums, not guns. And I kind of cherish that naive moment because that will be gone soon. But we have to be careful what we say in front of our kids because they will speak to other kids and it it, it spreads out, doesn't it? Well, I know I came home from school once and did a little bit of a poem which um, an aunt who was there said, now that's not a very nice thing to say, I shouldn't say it anymore. I couldn't understand because I didn't know what the hell I was talking about anyway. Do, do, do the poem, but don't do, no, stop... No, thank you. Sorry? No. 
Do it in... It's rude right from the very start. Oh, really? How rude yeah. from the very start? Hey. What? No, I couldn't do it over here. No, right. sorry. Could, oh, OK. No, it's not It's not the very nice... The, the connotations of the words would be able... You could, oh. you could jump and get the answer before I get there. Replace the word with sausage. Oh, dear. On a sausage, on its back. Something to do with the legs, and then after that... You sort that one out. <laughs> I tell you what, Dennis, go and speak to my potty mouth team and tell it to them. And I will watch... You, you tell it to Kelly Betts, who is young and naive and innocent and wonderful because of it. And I'm going to watch her face as she as uh, Dennis recounts the poem to um, Kelly. OK, right. We're going to listen to Kelly hearing the poem now. Dennis, can you... Dennis, can you tell me what you were going to say? Why? I don't, but I like rude, just quickly. What 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 was the, what was the first sausage? No, I can hear what you're saying. We'll stop that. It's a very dangerous game. Thank you. We'll, we'll let them continue that in private, shall we? On to slightly more serious stuff. Uh, earlier on in the show, we spoke to Keith Taylor, the Green Party's MEP for the South East. He was calling for an end to the spare room subsidy, more commonly known as the bedroom tax, in response to figures released by the National Housing Federation. Well, according to the body that represents housing associations across the country, tenants in Milton Keynes are losing an average of £812 per year, the third highest amount in the South East. Well, joining me now is Mark Hampson from Bletchley. Morning, Mark. Good morning, Ian. Mark, tell me about your situation. Yes, uh, thanks for inviting me on. Uh, my situation is, uh, obviously, um, I became unemployed uh, just over two years ago, and uh, you obviously, uh, you still got to pay a certain amount of uh, your uh, rent, but obviously we were saved that we didn't have to pay council tax or anything like that. Obviously, uh, towards the end of last year, they started to, um, uh, you know, announce that uh, the subs- uh, spare room subs- subsidy was coming in and uh, would start in April. Uh, by February, we received our notifications on uh, how much uh, we were going to actually be deducted, sort of thing. So, uh, as of April the 1st, that uh, a lot of us started to uh, pay the, the spare room subsidy plus uh, council tax etc so it's uh, it's a it's a very very sink or swim situation uh, ian how are uh, you managing mark uh, it, i am swimming at the moment but uh, if things don't change uh, within I should say the next year I will be going into arrears. It'll be, if they put the rent up by too much or the council tax goes up, it'll be a a case of, um, you know, you'll be going into arrears with with the MK council, which uh, I manage to stay out of it at the moment. To cover this, you're, you're dipping into your savings, are you? No, it's, I've had to, well, I, I think I, I've heard you to me say this before, I've had to sell loads of records. I, I wanted to asset strip anyway. Right, OK. So I've sold lots of records to try and keep a bit of tax and insurance to, to run a motorbike in case I need to, you know, need that to get into a job. But it's, it's very, very tight at the moment. Things are getting, you know, and I, I don't drink and I don't smoke and I don't have Sky Television. Actually, I don't even have a television, by the way. Right. So, you have know, you spoken to Milton Keynes Council to, to, to express your concerns? I, I have. Obviously, I had to, two council officers uh, come round because when when it was first between sort of uh, February and April, I had to. I wanted them to really explain this because they said obviously you'll have to try and swap. 
I said, oh, where will you transfer me to? Ah, uh, uh, you've got to do it yourself. Ah. So I had to register on a home swap site. Actually, it's funny, I, I was just looking at my home swap to see if I've got any matches. Um, you might get a, um, somebody who wants a ground floor flat or, a, you know, or they want a two-bedroom, and they, they phone up or they, they can uh, email you and say, do you want to swap with mine? And I say, do you want to live 17 floors up? And they say, no, I've got special adapted places. A lot of people, they, they tend to match you with places you're not really suitable for. Mm. Um, you, can also, you can also transfer to anywhere in the country with the Home Swapper site. The, the only good thing is I don't have to pay to be on the Home Swapper right. site. If you're, in, uh, if you're sort of in other uh, accommodation, uh, I suppose, trusts and things, you have to pay to be on that. But and who, who, runs this home swapper, who runs this Home Swapper site, Mark? Is I'm it the council or the sure, government? Or? Uh, to be quite honest, um, it must be, you know, I'm, I'm clicking on it. It seems to be like adverts that come up with right. that sort of thing, like for train companies. I'm not too sure, but, you know, I have a, a profile. It says uh, sixth floor or above. Um, that's, you know, looking for a, looking for a one-bedroom place. But what I did add... It's, I'm reluctant. I don't really want to move. I've, I've been here 28 years. Mm. My additional details, which is added by the swapper, it's, I put, not my choice to move, unemployment, single, and in a two-bed place of 28 years, causing me having to downsize to a one-bed. That's, I, I do hit on that sort of thing, So because I don't really want to move, mm. uh, Ian, you know. Well, it's your home, isn't it? It is. I've, I've been here, 20, as I say, 28 years. It wasn't my choice to come here to start with. You know, I, I had a missus at the time. They, I was homeless just before I came in here myself, sort of thing. So, and you know, and I was in a job, sort of thing. It was, uh, you know, you couldn't... I was living in sewer pipes, sections of sewer pipe. Sorry? Barges, you were living, you were living in sewer pipes? Yeah. <laughs> I told Bill Buckley this once, uh, <laughs> about a year ago, when, uh, on another station. Yes. Oh. Yeah, I did. I actually, uh, I actually lived in two sections of sewer pipe, where, where they built the A5D over it now, at uh, Old Stratford. Well, well so. done, you got out just in time. Mark, listen, we have to end it there. Thanks very much for coming on. Well, does that change your opinion slightly? Mark, he doesn't want to move, but he's willing to move. He's willing to move. He's sold all his records. He's sold all of his records and all bits and pieces to pay the, uh, the, the, the bedroom tax, the spare room subsidy. Oh, wait, 459 455 505. How's the bedroom tax? I know it's a slightly um, lazy term for using, and we can, we can use any others that you want to. How's it affected you? And do you have sympathy for people like Mark? Or do you think, sort it out, mate. 08459 455 555 BBC Three Counties Radio Travel News Now Here's Alice Travel News for beds, cards and bugs BBC Three Counties Radio M1 southbound starting to look heavy now. That's between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. The M25 anti-clockwise is also slow between 18 for Chorley Wood and 16 for the M40. Struggling now between 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. In Brickett Wood, the north orbital slow on the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And speed sets are still showing that the A1M is really struggling between 8 and 7 past Stevenage southbound. Public transport, if you're heading into London this morning, the Bakerloo line has severe delays after emergency engineering works that have just finished. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice.
Right, 7.17, it's Thursday the 21st of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes is among the ten places worst affected by the bedroom tax in the south-east. Soldiers from a secret British Army unit have admitted shooting unarmed civilians during the troubles in Northern Ireland in the 1970s. In cricket, England are at the first Ashes Test in Brisbane. A short while ago, Australia were 259 for seven, and lots of sad, boring, lonely people across the country were listening to it all night. Coming up, Christmas and the pressures to spend money. What are you going to be doing this Christmas? Will you be going into debt? Will you be going to a payday loan or, or even worse? 08459 455 555. We'll also take your calls on swearing in front of your kids. If you do it, well, you're a bad parent. BBC Three Counties Radio. Roberto Peroni. I can bring you now some good news for women. What do you look like in a pair of Speedos or swimming trunks? A pumpkin had been stolen from outside a hairdresser's salon. We've had lots of support since your programme, lots of phone calls telling us not to worry and everyone's looking out for them. What could I do to bring a smile to Dame Kelly Holmes's face? <laughs> do you know what that sound is? I do. They're alpacas. <laughs> I've got six alpacas. They're lovely. One takes the mickey. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. I do. It's Kelly Betts falling down a hole. I do apologise. As she's getting married. It does happen. It does actually happen. Christmas is coming, bringing with it even more pressure to spend, spend, spend. It's tough, isn't it? Particularly if you've got kids... Even if you haven't got kids, it's still tough. And if you've got kids, I want that. Oh, I want that. I want that. You don't want to disappoint your kids at breakfast, do you? At breakfast or, or at Christmas even. You don't want to disappoint them. You want it to be special and magical and wonderful. So we all kind of spend a bit more than perhaps we'd like to. What are you going to be doing? Are you going to be going into debt? Are you concerned about it or are you going to play sensible this year? 08459 455 555. Well, earlier on in the show, we spoke to Chris Pond. He's been working with the independent think tank, the Centre for Social Justice. We know there are 8 million people in this country who are literally one payday away from um, being in debt. Uh, in some cases, one payday away from the possibility of losing their homes. Well, he's concerned that the banking industry's reticence to lend is driving more and more of us into the hands of loan sharks and payday loan companies. Justin Dealey has been out speaking to the people of Hemel Hempstead. Is it still cold and miserable out there, Justin? Oh, it's cold and horrible. This week in particular, winter has certainly arrived for me, yeah, that's I, for sure. I, I do not envy you and you're very <laughs> brave for going out. What have, uh, what have people been saying to you? Well, I've been speaking to people who have taken out loans for Christmas in the past. Ian, these people have only got bad things to say. Take a listen to this. You took out a loan at Christmas three years ago. You've got a negative story. Tell us what happened to you. Well, I struggled to pay that loan, thinking I could pay it off by Christmas, therefore didn't manage to cover the following Christmas, so I had to take out another loan to consolidate that one. And then the following Christmas, I then had double the amount to pay off in the year. I didn't manage it, it got made redundant, so um, we had to contact a debt help and send them all our finances and obviously get blacklisted so we couldn't borrow anymore. And I haven't got the option to even consider a loan this year, mm. although we're struggling, but we're still managing. I mean, a lot of these problems stem back to what happened three years ago, so I'm sure that your advice today would be to anybody, if you're thinking about taking a loan out of Christmas, despite how desperate you may feel you are, just don't do it. Most definitely. <laughs> just don't do it because 
it's almost inevitable that you won't pay it off by next Christmas and be in exactly the same boat, if not worse, because you'll need to borrow more to get through next Christmas. <laughs> Christine, you took out loans at Christmas for, for many years, but what was your financial situation like once Christmas was over? You just carry on paying and paying and paying. And then they come back easy with you, do you want some more? And you think, why not? And you do, don't you? So you do. So I'd say 25 years, actually. Really? And my son's 35, so I've been doing it probably 25 years. So you don't do it now because your children have no. grown up? No, wouldn't do it now anyway. I mean, what would you say to anybody listening to this who is thinking about taking out a loan for Christmas? Oh, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. You never get out of it. Because they're so easy to con you back. They'll come back and say, oh, you've only got 20 quid on it. Do you want another one? This is a tough one, Justin, because I am very lucky that I'm kind of financially solvent at the moment. I have been for the last few years, and I don't, I, certainly since I had kids, and I don't need to take out a loan. So it's easy for me to say, oh, don't take out a loan, don't borrow yeah. money for Christmas. But if you haven't got much or anything, you do want to make it special for your kids, don't you? Of course you? you do. You know, I do feel for these people because, you know, how do you have that conversation with your children that, well, well this year, unfortunately, there won't be a Christmas. So uh, this is the situation that families are finding themselves in. Of course, uh, money's very tight for a lot of people right now, but they don't want to sit down and say to their kids, sorry, but we can't celebrate this year. So that's why a number of families will be going out to get that loan. But, but two stories there, people that have done it in the past saying, listen, guys, if you think about doing it this year despite how desperate you may be please don't do it talking from experience justin thank you very much for that we'll speak to justin a bit later on about swearing in front of your kids but uh, listening to that is nigel gordon he's the christians against poverty center manager for chesham and district good morning nigel good morning is that a picture that you recognize Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think everyone that talks to anyone on the street, as you've done, in the, even in the freezing cold or just in conversation, yeah, credit's, a, you know, it's, it's useful if you're in charge of it, but it, <laughs> you're riding a tiger. Is, is the problem getting worse, do you think? Uh, for sure, yeah. I mean, the pressure's there. It continues to be there. And uh, all the lovely things that you see advertised and you can borrow, you know, Wonga or whoever it is, advertise on children's television. So the pester power is at work. They know what they're doing. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? I don't know if you're a parent. I'm a parent. And it yeah. is hard when they say, I want that, I want that, I want that. And sometimes you get them a comic to keep them quiet. Sometimes you go, you know, no, you're not going to. And, and at Christmas, as parents, we want, you know, and, and we know it's not all about presents and stuff, but... We want our kids to feel special and to feel loved, and we want to make them happy. And so by doing that, some people reach for the credit card, they reach for the, the, the loan to buy presents and things, don't they? It's hard not to for some people. Yeah, of course. I mean, the pressure's there. and we, The trouble is sometimes, we, like you just said, you know, we want to show love to our kids and everything, but love you know, <laughs> it doesn't have to be in the most expensive thing. I mean, time is the most valuable thing you can spend with your kids. And Christmas, of course, you've got that. Games, card games, family games, that sort of stuff. Now, listen, I would, I would love uh, uh, the game of uh, gin rummy or something like that, but <laughs> I know there's going to be 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old boys and girls out there who are going, what, what cards? I want the Xbox One. I want the PlayStation 4. <laughs> yeah, and it's hard right. to deal with that, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our family, for the, last, for the first time last year, said, OK, you know, we're actually going to buy all our Christmas presents at charity shops. And you think, oh, my word, what on earth is that about? But we thought, no, we'll all try it. And actually, it worked out really, really well. What did you get, Nigel? Oh, uh, <laughs> no, uh, no, I can't remember. I can never remember what I got for Christmas. What help can Christians Against Poverty offer people in debt? Oh, boy, we can provide a solution. 
I mean, that's what you really want to do. You know, the whole thing, just listening to uh, the people that were speaking, they're in a cycle, and you've got to break the cycle. It's a bit like, you know, if I had something wrong with me, and typically with men, I would delay, delay, delay. Then I'd go to the doctor, and the doctor says, look, just take these pills. It will be fine. And that's what they need to do is to phone 0800 328 0006, contact us. We'll come to your home, the privacy of your home, look at what you've, the situation you're in, and start that journey out of debt. It's a free service, and we can help. Now, there might be some people, Nigel, please don't take offence, who might be put off by the word Christian yeah. in, in the title of your organisation. Yeah. What would you say to those people who, who perhaps that makes them slightly uncomfortable? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, we're just Christians. We happen to believe that this is something that we feel called to do. So I'm a volunteer, for example, a trained volunteer. But actually, we help anyone. I mean, some of our clients happen to be Christians, others Muslims or atheists. Most people haven't thought about it. It's, the issue is, how can you get help? <laughs> so, you know, whoever the doctor is, you just want to get that help. And did you think that shame is a problem around this. We don't like to admit, do we, that we've, we've kind of lost control of our finances? Yeah, it's another reason for delay. You know, that's the, the cycle, isn't it? You've got to break that cycle and just do something about it, particularly men, you know, but single mums, whoever it is. And some of our clients are and live in social housing. They would describe themselves as pretty poorly off. And others, you know, like yesterday, I was with a couple, they live in a half a million pound house. But they haven't got any money. <laughs> so, you know, we can help anyone, whatever race, religion, economic situation, whoever they are. It's doable. Nigel, give us that phone number one more time if people want to get in touch. Yeah, it's 0800 328 006. Nigel, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much indeed. Nigel Gordon, Christians Against Poverty Centre Manager, 08459 455 555. Give me a call. Uh, let me know. Are you worried about debt this Christmas? Um, do, do, do you think you're... Yeah, there is a lot of pressure, and it's easy to say, oh, don't buy the kids anything. Buy the kids one thing. Get them a book token. But, but, but... You want your kids to have the new Xbox One, which comes out at midnight tonight. You want them to have the PlayStation 4. You want, them, you want to see the joy in their faces when they open it up. How are you coping? 08459 455 555. Scrooge in Milton Keynes says, Oh, Oliver Cromwell had the right idea about Christmas. He banned it. Will you stop it? Will you all stop it? I'm not having any of this. I, I heart Christmas. And if you don't like it, then I would switch off for the next five weeks. Five weeks. Five weeks. How wonderful. How magical is that? You get the best dinner of the year. You get to see kids getting excited. And let's be honest, teary and shouty and sick. That happens as well. It's all part of it. You get to wind up the grandparents. Wonderful. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. On the subject of swearing in front of your kids, uh, on Facebook, Benjamin says, Ian, I agree with you. You shouldn't swear in front of kids, but I believe that swearing is a bigger problem in modern society as it's in music, TV, film, and when you walk the streets, you hear people swearing. Uh, well, when I hear, if I hear people swearing too loudly near my kids, I will t- I say, Oi, excuse me, we've got young ears here, button it. I've said that before. And I've been told off for it, and I've had people... Most people, when you do that, they apologise. And they tone their language and their volume. A couple of times I've had someone, you know, tell me to naff off, shall we say. 
Uh, and Tom says, Ian, I don't know about swearing at my own kids. I often find myself having to swear at other people's kids. 08459 455 555. If you swear in front of your children, even once, I'll give you once, twice, because I've done it once, then you're a bad parent. It's abuse. 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Roxton, the Great Barford Bypass heading east has one lane blocked on the approach to the Black Cat roundabout. Thanks to Alice for calling that in. It's causing some slow traffic around there. Also, the A40 eastbound. One lane is blocked at the Park Royal Station with congestion back to the Swakeley's roundabouts, causing queues there. Bricketwood, North Orbital, very slow on the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Then on the M25 itself, anti-clockwise is stop-start now between 21 for the M1 all the way around to 16 for the M40. M1 southbound, heavy between 10 for Luton Airport and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. Public transport, if you're heading into London this morning, Baker Loo Line have severe delays after emergency engineering works. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thanks very much indeed. It's 7.30. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the latest news and sport now with Jane Killick. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Milton Keynes has been named as one of the top ten authorities in the southeast most affected by the bedroom tax. More than one and a half thousand households are paying the spare room subsidy, the average family losing £812 per year. Soldiers from a secret British Army unit have admitted shooting unarmed civilians during the Troubles in Northern Ireland in the early 1970s. Members of the Military Reaction Force say they believe their unit saved many lives. Debt levels are close to an all-time high, piling pressure on people in the three counties who are struggling with their finances. In Luton, the Citizens Advice Bureau says requests for help have increased by 25%. The weather, mostly showery and cloudy today, with the odd sunny spell and a high of 8 Celsius. Under sport and in cricket, England's bowlers struck early on the first day of the opening Ashes Test in Brisbane. Australia won the toss and chose to bat, but Stuart Broad took five wickets, including this one watched by Simon Mann. Broad bowls to Warner, who punches away and he's caught. He's hit that straight to extra cover. He's got his fourth wicket and he's being engulfed by his teammates. Warner off the back foot, get it straight to cover and Australia are subsiding. Jimmy Anderson has taken two and Chris Temlett one wicket, bringing Australia to 268 for eight a few moments ago. In football, West Brom have received an apology from referees chief Mike Riley for the award of Chelsea's injury time penalty at Stamford Bridge earlier this month. Albion were 2-1 up when referee Andre Mariner controversially awarded a spot kick four minutes into added time for Stephen Reid's challenge on Ramirez. Stevenage manager Graham Wesley says it's been a difficult week as he prepares for Saturday's League One trip to Peterborough. The borough have injury problems and Wesley is hoping the situation improves in the next few days. Not a lot of uh, selection uh, problems, but just a question of trying to get uh, enough fit bodies together to, to put a show on the road. So uh, a difficult week we've had, um, a lot of bodies in the treatment room and uh, we're hoping that one or two will piece themselves together before the weekend. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at eight. Oh, blimey, I'm... Oh, no. No, yes. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I was trying to find something. I I wasn't...
wasn't messing around then, dear listener. I was trying to find something. Lots of, we can say lots of your calls about um, the, uh, the bedroom tax, the spare room subsidy, if you want. Uh, also about getting into debt for Christmas. I, I want to talk to you about children swearing, or, or swearing in front of your children. Story in a lot of the papers. I've got it from page 13 of the uh, Daily Mail. Headmistress tells parents, please stop swearing. A headmistress has sent parents to the naughty step. Ah, I see what they've done there, very clever. And banned them from swearing in front of their children. A newsletter sent to parents said children could not be blamed for using expletives because they were merely repeating words overheard at home. Davina Wakelin, head at Meeching Valley Primary School in New Haven, told mothers and fathers to wash their mouths out with soap. She wrote, I have received complaints regarding parents swearing when bringing children to and from school. Swearing is not permitted on school grounds, and I ask all parents to think about the language you use when on school grounds. Thank you for your consideration with this matter. Now, I would uh, suggest that swearing at at school grounds is pretty bad. Pretty bad show from parents. But doing it at home as well is, is even worse. You don't swear in front of your kids. Now, we know that children learn swear words, they learn naughty words, they learn sexual words. And it's interesting that they they will be using them in the playground. I kind of think, this might sound hypocritical, I kind of think that's okay because that's them growing and learning and experimenting with language. And if my boy comes home and says, Daddy, what does the F word mean? What does the the, the, the W word mean? I'd explain it to him. I'd say, right, well, it means this, uh, and it's not a particularly nice word, and we try not to use it whenever possible. We certainly don't use it in polite company. It's not really. You can, you can do better than that. Don't get me wrong. Not against swearing. I think in the right context, a well-timed F-bomb is hilarious or very, very powerful. But I do think swearing in front of your kids, let's say up to the age of, what should we say, 15? 14? It's kind of... I'm not quite sure. I'm prepared to be swayed on that slightly. Swearing in front of them is is uh, abusive. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Andrew's in Bedford. Morning, Andrew. Good morning, Ian. What's your, oh, you're very perky. We'll have none of that, please. What's What do you think? Swearing in front of kids is bad, isn't it? Yeah, well, it is, but I, I agree with you. I think, I mean, children learn words from other children as well. I mean, it's not all down to parents. And even if you've got an absolutely angelic, perfect parent that never swears in front of their child, they're still going to pick it up anyway. And uh, I think your, your attitude is uh, spot on. I mean, it is part... I mean, you have to limit the, the amount of use. If they start coming out effing and blinding, and you've got to sort of bring them up on it. But it, it's, it's part of growing up, isn't it, learning uh, swear words? It is part of growing up. And I remember... In, I mean, I probably swear a little bit too much. I, I've certainly turned it down since having kids, and I don't do it in front of the kids. But I remember um, being... Uh, 9, 10, 11, 12, effing and jeffing in the playground because I didn't know what the words meant. I didn't know they were offensive. And it's it's fun to learn new words. But that is growing up, isn't it? You learn when those words are appropriate and inappropriate. You learn the, the, the severity of, of different words. And, um, and I wish I'd had that conversation with my parents when I was old enough to say, right, Dad, what does this word mean? And why shouldn't I use it? Because I think that would have gone a long way to, to demystifying these yeah. words. I've got two more quick topics here, and I'll, I'll rattle them off. Oh, go on. Catherine. Um, about this bedroom tax, yeah. I think it's disgraceful. I think it's the biggest uh, w- um, it's disgraceful thing. It's a, it's a way to garner votes, isn't it? Um, 
uh, my friend has to pay £780 a year, and it, it's just not right, because for a start, there isn't the housing stock available for people to, to downsize. I, and I think that is, is uh, primarily the, the problem, isn't it? Because uh, in principle, hey, if you've got too much room and there are families that haven't got enough room, you know, maybe we should be a little bit more uh, sharing about these things. Yeah. But, but you're right, there isn't the property, it would seem, and we're hearing more and more stories about it. Uh, it there isn't um, the, the property to move into. Yes, and quickly moving on to Doctor Who, are you still doing your... Doctor Who special. Yeah, Doctor Who special is happening tomorrow, Andrew. Don't, d- despite what is being said by the production team, it's happening. I remember, and I've got an advantage over you on this one, Ian. What, what advantage is that? The very first episode. Oh, an unearthly child, William Hartnell, 1963. It went out exactly to this Saturday. The day and date is exactly the same. It was the day after JFK was assassinated. November 23rd, 1963. I remember watching it. So I'm one up on you on that. And Dig- also, quickly... Oh, blimey, Andrew's doing the whole thing. Go on. I'm afraid that, you know, you've got to have sympathy for this, because the next tax I hear they're going to bring in is for tall people. What? When's this happening, Andrew? No! Yes, because apparently they're getting the sun quicker, they're getting a suntan before everyone else, so they're going to have to pay £10 a week, oh, and I'm afraid it's going to affect you, Ian, because Andrew. you're tall. Uh, uh, Andrew, thank you very much for that. I am tall. I'm shrinking, dear listener. I'm not as tall as I used to be. I'm, I, I can find trousers and shirts that fit me. I bought. I used to be a thirty-four leg. I bought some jeans that were thirty-four the other day. They touched the floor. At one point, I think I was a thirty-six leg. That, is that possible? Does that exist? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Tasha's in Welling Garden City. Morning, Tasha. Morning, Ian. Swearing in front of children is abusive. Um, is not. Go on, I tell don't me think why. it is. Um, my husband swears a lot. Um, okay. He always blaming on um, I am a builder, so I have to swear, mm-hmm. uh, especially when he's on the phone with his friends. But um, our kids know they're not meant to use that word, and they don't. Well, hang on a second. They they know they're not meant to use it, but they're, yeah, their 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 male role model, their significant male role model, is using it. Yes, but daddy, um, daddy's adult and he can use the word and um, they are kids so they, they know they know when to use it. How old, how old are the kids, Tasha? Um, three and seven. Oh my goodness, he's doing it in front of a three-year-old? It's not like he's doing it every day. It, it, happens, um, it happens occasionally when he talks on the phone. Let's get the social but, services involved. He can't be doing it in front of a three-year-old, oh, yes, Tasha. Come on. Everybody does it. When you go on the street, you can hear it. You can hear it on the TV. You can hear it all, well, hang on. all what, around what, what programmes are you letting your kids watch where they're hearing I swearing? I don't let them watch. Mr. But... Mr. Maker isn't effing and jeffing. Let me tell you that. Well, you can't protect them from everything, Ian. As long as they don't do it, they they absolutely fine. They know they know when to use the word, and they don't. And you're right. That's a good point you make there, Tasha. You can't protect them from everything. But you can certainly protect them within your own home. Of course, I always tell him off for, for swearing, and he does stop. But, see, they they so well behave. They, they're absolutely fantastic kids, and they, they know sort of things adults are doing, and they're not meant to do them because they are kids. So they know that boundary. They, they they don't step over that boundary. They are kids, and they know the place. But you, you know that... Is your three-year-old going to nursery or playgroup yet? Um, yes, she does, yeah. Right, OK, well, she's going to be using those words... Oh, no, she won't. How do you she know that? She... How do you know that? 
Because she's very well behaved. Um, but, but she's well you... behaved. Listen, she's well behaved with you. My boys really well behaved with me. But when oh, no, they she... when they go off on their own, you don't know. They're open to oh, so no, no, many no, influences. No, no, no. I know. I know. She, she's very polite and very well behaved. She knows. She she not meant to do sort of things in school. She she knows how to behave in school. She knows she not meant to do this or push the kids and stuff like that. She knows all that, and she even tells me that I am a very good girl, mummy. Yeah. I don't hit kids and yeah. I don't do this and I don't do that. And I can hundred percent put the hand up and say, yeah, she does. She's, she's a very well-behaved kid. They're very well-trained, my kids. Tasha, thank you very much indeed. A hundred percent she can put her hand up and say she knows her children are well-behaved. I hope that's true. With the greatest respect, I don't believe it. Not, not d- d- saying you are a bad parent, Tasha, in any way, but just saying I don't believe that. When our kids go off, my boy at the moment, he's been a real, real nuisance. Not very naughty boy, both of them. They've been very naughty, okay? But when I drop him off at school, at playgroup, the, the nursery, sorry, his behaviour changes incredibly when he's with the other boys. Oh, it's th- the noise, the, the, everything. It's just incredible. We don't know what our kids are like when, when they're at school. We'll never know. They're open to so many different influences. 08459 455 555. Am I being too harsh on this? Tasha thinks it's okay for her husband to swear in front of the kids because he's a builder. He's a builder. Well, one of them is three. The other is seven. I I find that quite sad. We had a friend who um, had a kid at the same time as us. And she was a bit potty-mouthed. And I I think my wife kind of took her to one side and said, look, just when, when we're around with the kids, don't think I'm being snobby or anything, but could you just watch your language, please? And she did take offence at it and thought that we were being snobby. Snobby? I don't think it is. I think it's sensible. And you can't protect your kids all of the time, but you can make things... You can protect them in your house, don't you? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Facebook.com forward slash BBC uh, 3CR. Uh, my godson, who's three, says Darren, tells us off if a little swear slips out as well as if we were to walk on the road. Clever little sausage. It's funny, my uh, eldest, his concept of bad language, and I'm going to use the bad language he uses at me, OK? In his head, these are the worst words you can use. This is kind of like the equivalent of, of, of the C-bomb to him. You stupid bum bum. That's when he's really angry. And, and, and if he had bad language, you know, if he had swears in his vocabulary, if he had indoor language, he would use it then. You stupid, stupid bum bum. And I, I have to find myself uh, trying not to laugh. And I say, now listen, daddy is not a stupid, stupid bum bum. And we don't like the word stupid. And we don't like the word bum bum. You willy. Okay. I mean, Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. I, I, let me put this to you, okay? Uh, yes, it's important for children to know and understand the swear words and, and know the power they have. At what age? Uh, see, I would like to say 13, 14. They've probably learnt them by then. They do need to know when it's appropriate and inappropriate to use bad language. But if you swear in front of your children, that is a form of abuse and shouldn't happen. 
08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can also email me. I, I, I do uh, like to get your emails. I try and reply to as many as I can. I can't reply to all of them, but I have a darn good crack. The email address ian.lee, I-A-I-N dot L-double-E at bbc.co.uk. And you can get in touch with uh, any of the stories that we have talked about or stories that you think we should be talking about. Huge stories that affect the whole county, the whole country, or smaller stories that maybe just affect you and your bedroom, your living room. ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. It's a quarter, uh, quarter to eight, exactly. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Roxton, the Great Barford Bypass heading east has one lane blocked on the approach to the Black Cat roundabout. We had a call from Alistair about that one. The A40 eastbound has one lane blocked as well at Park Royal Station. Congestion back to Swakeley's roundabout there and quite a lot of queues. A1M is really struggling between Junction 8 and 7 past Stevenage heading south. And the A10 in Enfield heading south as well is heavy between Bullsmore Lane and Southbury Road. M25 anti-clockwise is stop-start between Junction 21 for the M1 and 60 for the M40 and the M1 southbound heavy between 10 for Luton Airport and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. On public transport, Baker Loo Line has severe delays between Queen Parks, Queen's Park and Harrow and Wealdstone. Minor delays on the rest of the line. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Right, 7.46. It's Thursday, the 21st of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. 1,600 households are paying the bedroom tax in Milton Keynes, among the highest number in the southeast. Soldiers from a secret British army unit have admitted shooting unarmed civilians during the troubles in Northern Ireland in the early 1970s. In cricket, Australia were 278 for eight at close of play in the first Ashes test against England in Brisbane. Swearing in front of children. If you do it, it's abusive. I would never swear in front of J-Dog. Well, we've sent him out to the streets to find out what you think about it. Before that, though, let's get the weather with Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. A few showers around at times today, particularly through the morning, but tending to ease off into the afternoon. So I think a, a dry afternoon, some brightness developing too, particularly across parts of Buckinghamshire. We've just got this very cold wind around at the moment, coming from the northeast, making it feel a lot colder than the air temperatures would suggest. Uh, we'll we'll see the air temperatures rise up to six or seven degrees Celsius, but just with that marked wind chill, it's not really going to feel like that. We're on four and fours and fives at the moment. Now, as we head into this evening and overnight, temperatures drop into two or three degrees. I think in the sheltered spots we'll probably see just a touch of frost develop into tomorrow morning. I think it should be mostly dry overnight too, perhaps a few showers still towards eastern areas of Hertfordshire. That's really the story for tomorrow. The winds are going to be lighter, it'll be drier and brighter. A few showers perhaps towards eastern areas, that'll be it really. The wind will be lighter and it will be coming from the north so um, it will be uh, you know, not quite as unpleasant I don't think in more exposed areas. Over the course of the weekend we'll see widespread frost by night it's looking mostly dry but really rather cloudy and still very cold that's the forecast thank you elizabeth three counties sport is here from two on saturday afternoon with live uninterrupted commentary on your local team williams will go for goal and score 
You can choose Watford versus Bolton, MK Dons at home to Bradford, Stevenage away to Peterborough, or Luton against Welling. Can Joy Dini get the finish in? Yes, he can, and equalises. Andre Gray side the box, shot from Gray, back of the net, simple as you like. And what a finish that was to a fantastic Stevenage move. Plus, there'll be regular updates on Wickham at Chesterfield. Choose your local team with Three Counties Sports. Saturday from 2, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, Christmas is coming. A lot of people might be falling into debt, facing debt. According to new research from the independent think tank, the Centre for Social Justice, the pressure to spend and banks' reticence to lend is driving more and more of us into the hands of loan sharks and payday loan companies. And uh, I wanted to get your stories on this. 08459 455 555. Barry's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Barry. Morning. Barry, you use payday loan companies, do you? Yeah, unfortunately, we, we have to on a monthly basis just to um, to kind of make ends meet. The loan always gets paid, uh, but because of the high utility bills uh, and everything else we have to pay out every month, we just aren't left with absolutely nothing, so we just kind of scrape through from one payday to the next. Can, can so, I ask, and if, I, if I'm asking, you know, these questions to be personal, then tell me uh, to, uh, well, to get knotted, basically. Uh, how much are you, are you borrowing each month? It, it does vary. It's anything between sort of three hundred and one hundred and fifty pound on an average, but normally basis to try and keep it as low as possible. So then, obviously, then we'd have to pay as much back because obviously then you've got the interest on top of that. And how long are you borrowing this money for? Usually, it gets to about halfway through the month, and we're left with absolutely nothing left. So wow. we have to just take it out just to kind of get through the rest of the month. Um, and are you luckily, are you are you working? Is your partner working? Yeah, we both work. Um, we both work full time. We don't earn bad money. Um, and basically, uh, I also have a small business that I run from home as well. Mm. On, on top of that, obviously, that doesn't make a great amount of income, but, you know, it's a little bit that helps. And yet you're still uh, having to borrow sometimes as much as 350 yeah. quid a month. Yeah, because the, it's basically the, once you've had the mortgage, the utility bills, we, my wife and I, unfortunately, also, we've been in a position in the past where we, we obviously have debts. We have to service a month, uh, every month, personal debt. That, that we got into that we just can't get out of because we just don't have the means to get out of it. So you're kind of just literally living from one cheek by jowl, say, say from one payday to the next. And, and, and do you have luxuries, Barry? Do you smoke? Do you have Sky TV? Do you have any of those things that you, you can cut back? Or have you stripped back as far as you can go? Well, I mean, we, we have... We, the only thing we do have is... is, is um, is Virgin Media TV just just obviously because my son obviously because obviously like you know because he watches all the channels and so on we have the, the broadband and things like that but everything else I mean we we, we never go out um, you know we don't go out or do anything extra you know it's, it's no extras and it's always you know if we do do extras we always have it's always a lot of time, you know we have to sort of scrimp and find the money to, to do it yeah. you know what I mean it's always it's always a constant worry um, and I often think oh you know what's going to happen if one of us does fall ill loses our job or whatever or can't work for whatever reason. Uh, and you just sort of think, well, I can't think about it, because if I did think about it, I would never sleep at night. And also, I don't want to make you uh, the, the, even more sleepless, but if, if that interest rate for the mortgages goes up half a well, percent, what, what effect is that going to have on you? That's, that's just another, you know... So it's going to happen now, at some point, isn't it? Yeah, I know. And I listen to the... Uh, what every time, you know, at that, that fateful Thursday every month, or whatever, however it is they do it, and they said the Bank of England has, has decided to keep interest rates mm. as, as they are, and you just go, oh, phew, thank God for that, you know. And you sort of think, this is ridiculous. Having to worry about something, you know, as simple as that, and you sort of think, you know, how am I ever going to get out of this? If you borrow, uh, say, 300 quid a month for a couple of weeks, well, how much do you have to pay back on that? 
you end up paying, I'm trying to work it out, you pay back about 80 quid at the end of the month, something like that, extra on top, on top of, wow. you know, yeah, with the interest rate being so high. And how does it, how does it make you feel, having to do this? Oh, you feel, you feel kind of, uh, helpless really because you can't kind of get yourself out of it you're kind of in this sort of spiral and you sort of think oh god you know my wife's already on a debt management program and the thing is is that if, if i was to go on one as well then the company literally take over everything of your life they then give you money to live on they then deal with all the debtors so you get default notices you have to go through all the all that kind of humiliation of getting stuff in the post because you obviously can't pay so they have to go through the usual channels um and there's always the possibility that if that's the case, and they'll turn, uh, you know, you, you won't, obviously, you'll obviously lose your house, you know, and obviously, so we've done it so that obviously I keep the house in my name, so that obviously, that you know, my wife's debt doesn't I, affect me, but it still does. Are you just putting but, off the inevitable, Barry? Do, 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 do you need perhaps, and I, I'm, I'm saying this from, you know, from a place of respect, and I, I don't know what the situation is, but do you perhaps need to admit defeat in this and, and get more help? Or do you really think you can stave this off indefinitely? I don't know. I mean, I, I sort of think, you know, something, something round, round, there will be an opportunity around the corner, something will come up. I sometimes think, you know, maybe if I can make more, you know, out of this, the business that I've got as well on the side, then, then possibly maybe there is, a, there is a way out of it. Slowly, surely we'll creep our way out of it. But some, some days you just can't see it. That's the problem. And you Christmas, know, what's, day thing. what's going to happen for Christmas? Well, we have very quiet Christmases, just ourselves. Just, I haven't got many family anyway anymore. Um, and obviously we just have, um, you know, my mother-in-law around. And then we have, um, we have uh, my, my son and, and my wife is very sensible. She, does, she tends to buy sort of a lot of very, very small presents to my son throughout the year. So that when it comes to birthdays and Christmas, she's always got something for him. She's got a little stash. Yeah, so he's, she's got a little stash, which is really, really sensible. So he never has to lose out or, you know, never has to lose out. Barry, listen, I, I, I really appreciate your honesty this morning. It must be tough to, uh, to phone up and admit to all of that. And I wish you the very, very best of luck, and I hope you manage to, uh, you know, get your foot back on the ladder and, and sort things out. Thank you. Barry and Milton Keynes, 08459 455 555, if you want to have your say about that. Swearing in front of kids. In uh, today's papers, one school headmistress has banned parents from swearing in front of their children. A newsletter sent to parents said children could not be blamed for using expletives because they were merely repeating what their parents had said. Well, I, I do think if you swear in front of your kids up to a certain age, I'm not quite sure what that age is, 13, 14, 14, you're a bad parent. Well, Justin Dealey has been speaking to parents this morning. Justin, Hello, w- w- who have you been talking to and what have they been saying? Well, um, the audio you're about to hear, I think, is uh, very disturbing, actually. I have been talking to parents about whether they swear in front of their children. Here's what people have had to say. Madam, good morning. How often do you see people swearing in front of their children? Uh, lots of times, daily. Every single day? Yeah, yeah, every single day. How does it make you feel when you hear that? Uh, it's, n- it's not nice, the names they call them. They're only children. They, they don't deserve that. So these are parents that, that are swearing at their children? Yeah, if they're doing something wrong, they're calling them names, like, you know, I'm not going to say the mm. names, but, yeah, it's not nice. We can't go into detail, no, but, no. but are they the very worst swear yeah, words? Yeah, the, the four-letter words, yeah. Goodness me, how shocking is that? Yeah, it's terrible. I see it daily because I'm obviously working here and all the kids come in from school and, and stuff, and if they want sweets and that, they get shouted at for it. Ian saying this morning that if you swear in front of your children, quite simply, you're a bad parent, would you go along with that? I wouldn't say bad parent, but I, I don't think it's right. I don't think it's right to, to talk, call them names. It's not so much swearing, it's the names they call them that I don't like. And now your children have grown up, yeah. but when they were younger, did you swear at them? Not so much at them, 
If I hurt myself, I might swear, yeah. But I didn't call them the names. I think that's terrible. Paula, you have a child who's three and a half. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a direct question. Do you swear in front of your children? Yes, I think you, you can't help but swear in front of them sometimes, can you? So you're swearing not at them, but, but you're swearing in general? Yeah. Some, sometimes, kind of under your breath at them, try so hard not to swear at them. Because Ian's saying this morning, and I'll put this to you, he says anybody who swears in front of their children is a bad parent. What would you say to that? Well, that's quite easy for him to sit in his ivory tower and say that, isn't it? I'm sure he swears, really. He's got two children. He claims that he doesn't. I bet you do, Ian. But I when don't. you do swear in front of your children, do you, feel, do you feel like a bad person for doing it? No, because we kind of make light of it and we say that we're speaking French. So if he speaks French, he knows he has to go and sit on the naughty step. So he tells mummy and daddy to go and sit on the naughty step if he speaks French. So it's all just a game to him, really. Even at three and a half years old, he knows what, what swear yeah. words are. Yeah, because we've, we've made, kind of made an issue of it and said that if you are sp- swearing, then you're speaking French and you must sit on the step. He doesn't speak French. We'll, we'll come to that lady uh, uh, in a second. Mm. But the, 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 the people actually swearing at their kids, I hadn't even considered that as no. a possibility. Swearing uh, in front of them is one thing. Swearing at them... I've I got to be honest, Ian, I, I was taken aback by that. That's why I went into a shop this morning, because uh, this particular shop that I went into, it's on the way to school. A number of parents will be going into that shop, uh, either before or after school. And as you heard from that lady there, they are using the worst possible swear words and they're using those swear words not because they've hurt themselves or something like that but but they are using those swear words directly at their children if they are asking for sweets i'm not a parent i don't really have the right to have an opinion but on this particular occasion um i just find that absolutely incredible actually you're wrong justin you do have the right to have an opinion because it is your society that Mm. this is affecting Uh, and and in regards to the other lady uh, i've never sworn in front of the kids once, yeah. Once I was driving, someone cut me up. I said a word I shouldn't have said, and my son said, "What's that?" And I managed to fob him off and tell him mm. I was talking about a cock roll. But you've done it once. Um, your children are how old again? They'll be four and two in January. Okay, your child who's going to be four years old next year. Did you think he knows a variety of swear words, a bit like that lady's child? Because that child no. does know a whole host of swear words at three and a half years that's, old. That's right. The, the worst language my boy has at the moment is calling me a stupid bum bum. That to him, <laughs> when he does it with anger, that is him yeah. using the word language he knows. Uh, probably go along with that, to be fair. <laughs> Get out. Thank you, Justin. Uh, the woman who said it's, it's, it's not easy to, to not swear in front of your kids. It's dead easy. You just don't swear in front of your kids. It's really, really simple. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Roxton, the Great Byford Bar, Barford Bypass heading east still has one lane blocked on the approach to the Black Cats roundabout, causing some slow traffic. The A40 eastbound also has a lane blocked at Park Royal Station with congestion back to Swakely's roundabout, causing queues around Ricelip too. Public transport, the Bakerloo line has severe delays between Queen's Park and Harrow and Wealdstone, with minor delays on the rest of the line. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, excellent stuff. Thank you very much indeed. I'll give you more time next time. I know I've been short the last couple of times. I've Apologise. Right, have you had to deal with debt? Are you in debt? Are you worried about it? Give us a call and maybe we'll speak after the news with Jane Killick. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's
It's 8 o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines. 1,600 homes paying the bedroom tax in Milton Keynes. People seeking advice over debt in Luton up by 25% and councils in Beds, Hearts and Bucks preparing for wintry weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes has been named as one of the top ten authorities in the southeast most affected by the bedroom tax. The National Housing Federation says 1,600 households in Milton Keynes are paying the spare room subsidy. Mark Hampson has been unemployed for two years in Bletchley and has been paying the subsidy since April because he can't find a smaller place to move to. If things don't change within, I should say, the next year, I will be going into arrears. It'll be, if they put the rent up by too much or the council tax goes up, you'll be going into arrears with with the MK council. Members of a secret British army unit have admitted shooting unarmed civilians during the Troubles in Northern Ireland in the early 1970s. The military reaction force patrolled West Belfast in unmarked cars. A 16-year-old boy will appear at Luton Crown Court today, charged with attempted murder and aggravated burglary. It follows the stabbing of a man in the early hours of Saturday morning when he confronted intruders at his home in Wellfield Avenue. The Citizens Advice Bureau in Luton has seen an increase of 25% in the number of people asking for advice about debt. It comes as the Centre for Social Justice says debt in Britain is near an all-time high. This woman from Hemel Hempstead is struggling through this year after taking out loans two Christmases in a row and getting into trouble. The following Christmas, I then had double the amount to pay off in the year. I didn't manage it. We got made redundant. So um, we had to contact a debt help and send them all our finances and obviously get blacklisted so we couldn't borrow anymore. And I haven't got the option to even consider a loan this year. A report says most people caught smuggling at Britain's ports and airports are going unpunished. The Chief Inspector of Borders and Immigration, John Vine, says there's a lack of communication between customs officers and prosecutors. In one case, nine million cigarettes were found in a container at Felixstowe, but no action was taken. Councils across Beds, Hearts and Bucks are preparing for colder weather. Parts of the three counties had light snowfall yesterday, the first time this winter. Conservative councillor John Bint, who's responsible for transport at Milton Keynes Council, says they've got a solid plan in place. We have a a very dedicated team. We have all the right equipment. We have this fabulous stock of this special synthetic um, salt particles that you can spread to precisely the density you need them. Short of something utterly abnormal, we're going to keep the roads flowing. In cricket, England's bowlers had the best of the opening day of the Ashes series in Brisbane. Australia won the toss and chose to bat, but Stuart Broad took five wickets as the tourists reduced the host to 273 for eight at the close of play. The weather, more showers today, some of them heavy, with a possibility of sunny spells, but mostly cloudy, with a high of eight Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Wolverton. The best part of Wolverton is um, like the museum. My favourite part of Wolverton is the community spirit. There's always somebody that you know everywhere you go. The nice thing about Wolverton, it seems established. People tend to know their neighbours but not be able to top with it. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Wolverton. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio, it's four minutes past eight. 
Is it going to snow today? Did you see the snow yesterday? I was driving down the M1 at about half past 11 and between Junction 10 and Junction 7, shall we say, it was snowing. I didn't want to believe it, but it was. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. I do like a bit of snow, just not when I'm driving down the M1. Please, please. Lots coming up on the show in the last hour, including this, the spare room subsidy, the bedroom tax, whatever you want to call it. It turns out people in Milton Keynes, well, they're being flagged up as one of the worst hit areas. How has it affected you? And do you have sympathy for people who might be struggling? Christmas is coming. Will you be getting into debt over it? If you're in debt, we've heard some amazing stories this morning already. Give me a call. And if you swear in front of your kids, it's abuse. Simple as you are a bad parent. We've had one woman saying that, oh, Ian's sitting in his ivory... What ivory tower do I live in? I've sworn once in front of my son. Once. It was a mistake. I've been cut up in the car. I convinced him I was talking about a cockerel. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call 08459 455555. Oh, we've just had an email saying there are chocolates up in the kitchen. Quick, go and get some before they go. Get some. Quick, Kelly, go and get some chocolates from the kitchen upstairs. Okay. Go. Take my cup and make a cup of tea. Uh, Both at the same time. Uh, Okay. You didn't take the cup. 0845 555 Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Got a, a, an anonymous text here. I don't really like anonymous texts, but I, I will for this one. I, I can understand why you'd like to be uh, anonymous. Um, my husband is in his fourth week of unemployment and spends all day, uh, every day, applying for jobs. I'm not sure if it's the time of year, but he's having no luck. We're going to have a very gloomy Christmas indeed. 08459-455-555. Now, new figures suggest council tenants in Milton Keynes have been badly hit by the government's spare room subsidy, more commonly known as the bedroom tax. The, uh, um, oh, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Let me get to the right script and then I'll be able to do this item smoothly and freely. That will help, won't it? Yes, it will. The National Housing Federation, which represents housing associations across the country, says families in the area are losing an average of £812 per year, the third highest amount in the southeast. I'm joined now by Edith Bald, who is the council's portfolio holder for housing. Edith, is this a particular problem in Milton Keynes, then? Um, well, I'm not surprised that we are one of the highest because we're actually one of the largest authorities in the southeast, and we do have a very large social housing stock. Of uh, you know, we've got 12,000 council houses, another 6,000 housing associations. So I'm not surprised that there are 1,600 people affected. Uh, nearly a thousand of those, 935 to be precise, are actually council tenants, and the rest are housing association uh, tenants. What's being done to help people downsize? Um, we are doing a tremendous amount at the council. We've contacted every single person who is affected. I was interested to hear your call this morning. You indicated you've actually been visited by two council officers, so that's good. Um, so nobody should be surprised that they are affected. 
Um, we have actually let a contract with the Citizens Advice Bureau as well to um, help people with debt advice and sort of budgeting advice. And you've also heard about HomeSwapper this morning. Uh, we have 1,400 of our own tenants registered on HomeSwapper. And interestingly, there are 271 downsizers registered, but there are also 190 people who want to upsize. So how, how many people have swapped on there? Uh, well, so far uh, in the seven months, we've had 154 that have swapped, and we're predicting that uh, nearly 300 will swap before the year end. So there is some movement um, which is helping to, um, to sort this out. Uh, and in parallel with that, we are, it is, it is for sure, we're short of one and two bedroom properties at the council, so... Um, and that's the problem, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah. If, if you haven't got the properties that people can downsize to, then, then they're stuck, aren't they? Well, um, which is why we're working with the private sector, because in the private sector there are 5,000 houses that are within the reach of the local housing allowance. Um, so we're proactively working with big landlords and rental agents in the private sector see how we can increase that supply because we have less than 300 houses uh, with council tenants in them um, in, the private, in the private sector. So there's obviously a big pool there and I'm trying to understand why is it that uh, we don't get more of those houses. So I'm expecting the supply to increase in that way and of course uh, only small numbers but we have actually restarted our council house building programme in Milton Keynes. We've got uh, 25 in the pipeline we're going to have a lot more coming through over over the few years so and then on top of that of course um those who are having difficulty uh, and have tried their very best to sort themselves out we do have the discretionary funds available at the council which i've talked about before on yeah. this program to help people out there are funds available but um i do need to see that people are actually trying to help themselves mm. first i was very pleased to hear that the, the gentleman in mellish court is trying his utmost to um to sort himself out and it's those sort of people who have not been able to sort themselves out despite their efforts who we would consider helping through the discretionary uh discretionary and i suppose you don't want to you know get people evicted because you would then ha- be responsible for housing them and that would cost you more money wouldn't it yes well eviction is always the very last uh, resort for the reasons that you said but there are always a few tenants every year i mean it's been 39 so far this year who we do have to evict because they simply will not pay. There are a number of people out there who could pay and, and don't pay, and it's not fair to all the other tenants, of course, to um, ignore those, if you like, and let them sort of carry on not paying. So I think we've got a very fair policy at the council on, on evictions, and actually the numbers bear that out. Only 39 evicted is a very small number. Edith, thanks very much for your time. Edith Bald. Uh, Milton Keynes Council's portfolio holder for housing. Well, on the other side of the coin, it's Anthony Wildman. Anthony is from St Albans, and his family has been forced to live in overcrowded conditions after being told they're not eligible for a larger home. Anthony, you've been on the show before, but for people who missed you, just remind us of your situation. Okay. um, uh, Over a year ago, well, I think it was nearly 18 months ago now, um, we was on the housing waiting list for a two-bedroom accommodation um, because we was expecting a baby, etc., um, they changed their allocations policy and made it so if you had a child under two that you shared the same bedroom with that said child. Um, so you have like, sort of yourself and your child in a bedroom up until the age of two. Um, the good news is, though, however, um, that the council have cha- now changed back their allocations policy 
Um, so you can go back on a list when your child becomes one. Um, so that's some good news, Ian, that um, you probably weren't aware of. So we can now bid on larger properties. Oh, there we go. Um, so, and when did that happen? So you're back on the list now? We're back on the list. That happened in December. Um, and the reason it's happened is because, in great hindsight, the council thought, well, we haven't got no smaller properties, now we've got this bedroom tax, um, and we've taken all the people that are on the housing list that wanted bigger places, who have smaller places, off the list. So, you know, inevitably, they shot themselves in the foot by coming up with the allocations policy of making people share when they have small properties until the age of two. The spare, room, the spare room subsidy, the bedroom tax, was yeah. designed with people like you in mind. It was to help your family. Yep. It, do you think it, it will benefit you? I mean, it t- takes time for these things to filter through, but do you think it, it, it will benefit you? No, I don't know. I think, you know, I think the way that the policy has been um, gone around is it, it, ludicrous because people that have got these properties that they're living in, say, with three beds or whatever, um, the older generation may well sleep away from each other. Um, there may be disability needs. Um, there's, you know, sort of foster care needs. There, there's, you can't take a blanket situation and cover everyone with that same situation. It's got to be assessed individually. Um, and people are going to just spiral into debt because of this. It's inevitable. It's costing the government more money to actually put this in place and what they'll get back for a number of years. But they're the facts. So you're back on the list, Anthony, which is great news. I mean, how long does this take now? Well, how long's a piece of string? Um, obviously, we've gone back a year, um, so I reckon it won't be till me as probably maybe three, three okay. and a half before we get our own. She gets her own bedroom. So you still got a while, but there, a while. there is a tiny little pinprick of light at the end of a very long tunnel. There is, Ian, and you know, sort of, it's nice because you fight a battle and, and you get somewhere in the end. Um, so it's good news. The only concern we've got is obviously, you know, it's sort of, she's going to be three and a half and psychology getting a child into her own bedroom when they've had sort of, you know, two and a half years, because, you know, until they're one, you expect it. Um, it's going to be a hard battle. And you've got winter coming up, so you've got three people living in a one-bedroom accommodation, the mould's starting to come back. That hasn't been addressed by the council. So, you know, I think there's a flip side to the bedroom tax for everyone. Yes, you know, we do need larger properties, um, but the only answer to it is to build more affordable social housing. Anthony, listen, best of luck. Uh, glad things are moving on to. Let us know how that goes. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Anthony, one of the people that should be benefit- benefiting from the bedroom tax, thinks it's a flawed system. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. On the subject of swearing in front of your kids, Nick Coffer. I recognise that name. Is it our Nick Coffer? It is the one and only Nick Coffer. He's posted on our Facebook page. I know that. I used to know him. Oh, my God. He's posted on the Facebook page. He says, when I was 17, this is about swearing in front of kids, I did some... He's got a potty mouth, by the way. (laughs) I did... I can't imagine Nick swearing at all. No, he doesn't. No, no, no. I did some work experience in my old school working with seven-year-olds. I had a small group of them... And one of them said the F word. Wow. I looked at him and he said, oops, mummy said to only say that when we were at home. <gasps> See, that's incredible. I think it's really ugly. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, it is. From, from uh, the, the mouths of babes. Thank you for that, Nick. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. This is Three Counties Radio. It's a quarter past eight. Let's get the travel news. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Problems are still ongoing in Roxton on the Great Barford Bypass heading east where there's one lane blocked on the approach to the Black Cat roundabout. The A40 eastbound though, there are queues after an earlier breakdown at Park Royal Station. There's still congestion back to Swakeley's roundabout and queues in Ryslip as well. The M25 anti-clockwise is stop-start between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. And the M1 southbound is now heavy between the Toddington services and Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. M40 northbound queuing from Den roundabouts to the M25. And on public transport, the Bakerloo line still has severe delays between Queen's Park and Harrow and Wealdstone, with minor delays on the rest of the line. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Right, it's 8.16, it's BBC Three Counties Radio. These are your headlines on Thursday the 21st November. Milton Keynes is among the ten places worst affected by the bedroom tax in the south-east. Soldiers from a secret British army unit have admitted shooting unarmed civilians during the troubles in Northern Ireland in the early 1970s. In cricket, Australia were 278 for eight at close of play against England in the first Ashes Test in Brisbane. The weather, it's mostly cloudy with showers and a high of eight Celsius. Coming up, Christmas. And are you worried about getting into debt over Christmas? 08459 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Radio's Big Tour. Tomorrow afternoon, as part of our Big Tour, I'll be live from Wolverton Town Hall. From there, I'll discover the vibrant local arts and entertainment scene. I'll have a look around the community orchard, just one of the many local groups in Wolverton. And I'll be making a very special lantern in preparation for the annual Lantern Festival. BBC Three Counties Radio's Big Tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Come down and say hello at Wolverton Town Hall tomorrow from midday here on BBC Three Counties Radio. What, what, what are you trying to sell sell me now little puppy I don't look at him I don't, I'm not having a puppy look at little Peter oh he's cute I'll have that one look at little because they don't get any bigger do they and they're very cheap to look after he uh, he'll get a little bit bigger why have you got, why are you trying to sell a dog to me I went to the Blue Cross yesterday in Kimpton yes and uh, I met some staffies. Yeah. You'll hear my report later on. Okay. I'm not sure whether they necessarily appreciated my views on staffies. Oh, you're, you're, yes. You, you strike. But they, uh, they did take me to see little Peter the puppy. Yes. I fell in love with him. Yeah. He is lovely. Not a staffy puppy. No. He was a little, uh, I think he was a Jack Russell cross oh of some kind. Very cute. You don't like him? I mean, yeah, he's cute. But, you know, it's just dog. I'm not a dog person. Dogs <laughs> are so stupid. Well... Well, yes, I I guess they They are. are. Compare it to cats. Compared to cats, they are a bit stupid. as you know what. But they're lovely. No. They're lovely. I mean, that little dog, his little tail was swishing like this. While I was... You're completely dead in the face. It does nothing for me. No? It does nothing for me. So where where is this now? Is this in your car or something? Is it upstairs? No, I wish it was. If I didn't live in a flat with a no-dog rule... Yes. Little Peter would be... He'd be currently under this desk now. You should give it away as a prize. 
We can, I think we Give can do that. Give away a dog as a prize. I think we can do that at the BBC. You used to have like a phone-in competition, and then you give it away as a prize. That was back in the day. Oh. We've not been able to give dogs away for years. That is so unfair. Damn you, Russell Brand and Jonathan Ross. Damn you. <laughs> What's on your show today? And while you're doing it, do you mind if I... I need to type an email to my wife. She's just sent me an email asking if it's easy to um, load up the Little Mermaid film on the Xbox. And it's quite complicated. So can I... You want to just uh, type well, that? It's quite involved. So can I do this and then you... You just w- do. Will you even listen to what I'm saying? I'm not going to, no, not today. I've got to, really got to focus on this. OK. Well, for the rest of you who are listening, coming up on my big phone in this morning, uh, can you at least try and type quietly? <laughs> it, just, you know, that's just rude, isn't it? The, the loud typing. All right, I'll do it quietly. I'm asking on the big phone in this morning, quieter than that. It doesn't go any quieter than that. Is it impossible to live your life without debt these days? The Citizens Advice Bureau in Luton, as you've been discussing, Ian, has seen an increase of 25% in the number of people asking for advice about debt. And the Centre for Social Justice is warning today that debt in Britain is near an all-time high. Former Labour MP Chris Pond has been investigating the problem. He's told the BBC 8 million people in the UK are now one payday away from debt. Well, this morning from nine, uh, I'm going to take this subject on and we're going to ask, is it impossible to live your life without debt these days? Can I find anybody who can honestly say they don't have any debt at all in this day and age in 2013? 08459 455 555. If so, how on earth do you do it? We'll discuss this on the big phone-in from nine. You finished now? Well, I thought you were being so um, aggressive. I've, sent oh. the, I've, I've concluded the email saying, I'll give... Uh, Jonathan's in a hissy fit. I'll give you a call at nine o'clock and talk you through it. <laughs> How unreasonable. How unreasonable of me. I think it's time you left. <laughs> I was told yesterday I was aggressive by a man on the phone. Oh, really? He said, you're very aggressive, aren't you? I said, quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the subject of the spare room subsidy, the bedroom tax, Ricky's in St Albans. Morning, Ricky. Morning. Ricky, what would you like to say? Uh, I don't know if anybody's aware of it, but uh, there was a windows tax in the 1800s. Wasn't there just? That's why, that's why, dear listener, you see so many old buildings with what looks like windows, but they're bricked up because you had to pay per window. That's right. Are you suggesting we brick up the spare bedrooms? Sorry, say again? Are you suggesting that we we brick up the spare bedrooms? Yes, if you get all the government into one uh, spare bedroom and then brick it up completely, yes, I'm all for it. Do you think it's a little bit unfair, the the, the spare room subsidy? It's meant to help people who are in smaller properties than they, you know, people who need bigger properties. Well, um... A lot of council properties, obviously, um, they class them as three bedrooms, but they're not. They're uh, really two bedrooms and a box room. Uh, yeah, but it's, it, it would appear that it's not working. It, I, I think it's a, it's an interesting idea, but it's certainly flawed. That would appear. Uh, it seems to be the case, Ricky. Thank you very much uh, indeed. On the subject of, lo- you, you, by the way, thank you so much. Your um, uh, lots of calls and emails. So here's a, uh, an email about swearing from Aaron. 
I think the language coming out of kids' mouths these days is sad and disgraceful. I drop my kids off at school and you see the young dropout mothers looking like tramps with fags hanging out their mouths as soon as they get off the school grounds. It's not the kids' fault as they follow by example. But when you stand there in the morning listening to the conversations the mothers have while the kids are around them is sad. Foul-mouthed mothers that don't give two hoots and have no respect for themselves or others should steer clear of children. This is Aaron speaking, by the way, not me. Let's face it, it's not like they wanted the children in the first place. Probably just sky-high on some kind of drugs. Some kids have no respect whatsoever uh, these days as they slump around swearing at their mates and just being little slobs. I was gobsmacked once... I'm gonna. Can I read this? I can, can I read? You've read this email from Aaron, have you? Mm-hmm. So I'm, uh, you've proofread it, so I can say this. Okay. I was gobsmacked once when I heard in the playground a kid shout to the, his friend. Careful. Do I read this out? I bet your mum sticks burgers up herself. Wow. It's blooming sad, and it's only going to get worse. All the best, Aaron. Now, the thing is, the thing is. Uh, apologies if anyone was offended by that. I, I think we, we can just uh, get away with that. And it, I think it was a useful illustration of what's going on. But is that, Aaron, is that really any different from what kids were saying when we were kids? When I was a kid. When I was a kid, the language was awful. I remember being 12, 13, 14, the language was awful. So I don't think it's necessarily a generational thing. Kids have always experimented with words and language and have learnt words and language. So, is it really any different? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. On the subject of debt, Wakar's in Lucid. Morning, Wakar. Good morning. You, you've been in debt, have you? What happened? I have. Um, it started off with a small loan. Well, I can't, I can't we're going to get you back. The line is absolutely atrocious. We'll, we'll, we'll try and get you back in a little bit if we can. In the meantime, let's have. Uh, uh, are we going to go? Have we got the guest there for the next thing, or shall I do the newspapers? Because I'm, I'm more than happy to do the newspapers. You know me. I can talk for England. I can talk for England if we wanted to. By the way, we've sent Justin Dealey out and about. He did a little uh, piece yesterday about the Doctor Who special we're planning on Friday. Uh, we've had the results back from the laboratory. I'm not convinced that was a genuine um, uh, piece of fox popping that he gave us yesterday. I'm not convinced. So we, I sent him out again. I think it should be slightly more in our favour. I've just got a feeling. We'll do this after the, the news. Let's have a quick look at the, the front page of the newspapers, shall we? Let's uh, have a look at the Independent. Oh, look, they've released on, on bail the Greenpeace activists. And isn't it interesting how all of the newspapers... We'll have to do it afterwards, because we're not going to have time to do it now. Uh, all of the newspapers have put the picture of the hot-looking Greenpeace activist. The hot-looking Greenpeace activist on the front. Alexandra Harris... Uh, was celebrating yesterday after being granted bail with three other members of the Arctic 30 group of Greenpeace activists and journalists. Uh, the front page of the Times, four Britons die fighting for al-Qaeda in Syria war. Growing fears over terrorism in the West as other jihadists return home. And the ch- at last, is this actually going to happen? We've been speaking about this for years, it feels like. Church embraces women bishops. The Church of England turned its back on decades of division yesterday and voted overwhelmingly in favour of women bishops. We should have got... We get an excellent um, uh, lady vicar. Is that the phrase? I can't remember her name. She's an American lady. Catherine, Tina, 
Christine, something like that. What? Christina. Are you thinking Christ- from the General Synod? Yeah. Can we get Christina her on? Christina Rees. Yeah, can we, can we get her on before, before nine o'clock, we'll if she's around? Because she's excellent. She speaks excellently about this. I'd be keen to get her, her views on this. Well remembered, Catherine. There's me just throwing out women's names, and she managed to get it. The Church of England turned its back on decades of division yesterday and voted overwhelmingly in favour of women bishops. The General Synod, the Church's governing body, voted 378 in favour and eight against, with 25 abstentions to move forward with legislation to consecrate, uh, consecrate women. If we can get Christine on, because she uh, puts the point very excellently, and I know that... Um, well, I know it annoys a lot of you that we might have female bishops. How awful... The Daily Telegraph, there's a picture of, uh, well, let's be honest, it's the Duchess. It's not the picture the other newspapers have gone for. The other newspapers have gone for her doing a Marilyn Monroe, getting a bit of thigh. This is her doing what I like to call a lady die. She's tilted the head forward and she's raised the eyebrows because she's listening to people talking about anti-bullying. The Duchess's cause for concern. And Labour's cover-up over co-op bank chief. Oh, the Reverend Paul Flowers. Can I, cards on table. I feel really sorry for the Reverend Paul Flowers. He's the fellow that, that, that is, is alleged has, been, has bought illegal drugs and possibly used rent boys. He's a reverend and he was, uh, was he a chairman of, of the co-op bank? I feel really sorry for him. This man's life is in free fall. He is a damaged soul. And it's all being played out on the front page of the newspapers and in the Houses of Parliament. I do feel sorry for the fella. Um, the Daily Express is a picture of uh, Catherine's thighs you p- and also you pay to teach migrant ma- uh, uh, manners a taxpayer funded guide is asking Roma migrants to refrain from a list of shocking habits it says practices such as going to the toilet in the street, having sex in public and spitting could upset your neighbours you don't say Sherlock Daily Mail, expenses shame of co-op chief um, and that'll do for the moment as I can't. oh the sun is, get rid of the green uh, crap David Cameron has been swearing about green taxes, etc. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Roxton, that lane on the Great Barford Bypass heading east has now been reopened and traffic has returned to normal approaching the Black Cat roundabout. Taking a look on speed sensors, the Luton Road around Harpenden is very slow in both directions as you go through the town there. A40 eastbound, there are queues after an earlier breakdown at Park Royal Station. The N25 clockwise is slow between Junction 22 for St Albans and 23 for the A1M through the roadworks. Anti-clockwise still stop start between 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. The M40 itself queuing northbound from the Denham roundabout as you head towards the M25. Public transport, the Bakerloo line, still has delays between Queen's Park and Harrow and Wealdstone. This is Alice Gossett, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Jane Killick. Milton Keynes has been named as one of the top ten authorities in the southeast most affected by the bedroom tax. 1,600 households are paying the spare room subsidy, the average family losing £812 per year. Soldiers from a secret British army unit have admitted shooting unarmed civilians during the Troubles in Northern Ireland in the early 1970s. Members of the Military Reaction Force say they believe their unit saved many lives. Debt levels are close to an all-time high, piling pressure on people in the three counties who are struggling with their finances. In Luton, the Citizens Advice Bureau says requests for help have increased by 25%. 
The weather, mostly showery and cloudy today, with the odd sunny spell and a high of 8 Celsius. On to sport, and in cricket, Mitchell Johnson scored half a century as he and Brad Haddin put on a century partnership to help Australia to 273 for eight at Stumps on day one of the first Ashes Test in Brisbane. Mitchell came close... came to the crease with the hosts in trouble on 132 for six and was eventually out to Stuart Broad for 64, but thinks his country had a decent day. If we had one less wicket, um, if we were seven down, it would have been probably a, a nice finish to the day. Um, 273, add on probably 30, maybe 40 runs uh, with the slowish outfield as well. So I think, you know, uh, we're happy with that. Um, obviously, we've got to come here tomorrow morning and... Um, uh, put some more runs on the board, try and keep the uh, the English out here for a little bit longer. In football, the BBC understands Tony Poulis will decide today whether or not to take the manager's job at Crystal Palace. The former Stoke boss has been in advance talks about replacing Ian Holloway, who resigned last month. Stevenage manager Graham Wesley says it's been a difficult week as he prepares for Saturday's League One trip to Peterborough. The borough have injury problems and Wesley is hoping the situation improves in the next few days. Not a lot of uh, selection uh, problems, but just a question of trying to get uh, enough fit bodies together to, to put a show on the road. So uh, a difficult week we've had, um, a lot of bodies in the treatment room, and uh, we're hoping that one or two will piece themselves together before the weekend. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, I'll be back with a full bulletin at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, last 30 minutes of the show, lots of stuff out there. Let's have a little recap in case you've just tuned in and you'd like to have your say. We're talking about swearing in front of children. Uh, a head teacher has had to send a, a letter out to parents in a school saying, look, don't swear in front of your kids. It's bad. Well, that's common sense to me, isn't it? That seems like common sense. I think, I genuinely think if you swear in front of your kids, you're a bad parent. Not all of you agree with that. Some of you think, oh, get over yourself. Uh, there's a tweet here from uh, Clotty. Um, uh, who says, I am a great mum, hashtag born to do this, but I have and will continue to make mistakes, hashtag I ain't perfect. Well, yeah, there's there's hashtags and there's swearing in front of your kids. And swearing in front of your kids, <clears throat> but people who say it's difficult not to, it's not. Yeah, okay, if you smack your thumb with a hammer, maybe, maybe. But I've got a very potty mouth, okay, when I'm with my friends. And I'm working on that, by the way. Uh, I don't swear in front of my kids. I've done it once. I've done it once in nearly four years. It's pretty, pretty easy not to do. 08459 455 555 if you want to have your say on that. We're also talking about the uh, spare room subsidy, the bedroom tax. How has it affected you? Have you struggled because of it? Do you have any sympathy for people who are struggling because of it? Hearing some incredible stories uh, this morning. Let me read uh, one bedroom uh, tax. Uh, let's, have, let's, let's read this. There's three texts here. Let's read these texts. Uh, Ian, how can that council spokesperson, um, that was Edith Bald, actually believe what she is saying? The government introduced this tax. It's forcing people into debt. Then the MK councilwoman said they can offer discretionary payments to help. How can it be right to force this tax on people knowing full well they can't rectify people's problems? John from Dashworth. Ian, a tax is where you earn money and the government take it away. Have you been able to talk to anyone that moved from one to two bedroom property? From David. 
and um, Cynical Bill says, I've just listened to the lady from MK Council. I'm glad the housing shortage in Milton Keynes will end soon with the 25 council houses that are in the pipeline. We are so lucky. And another thing we're talking about. I said there's lots to go. Oh, wait, 459 455 555. We're talking about debt this morning. Are you going to be struggling over Christmas? Are you going to overstretch yourself? Well, debt levels are close to an all-time high, piling pressure on people across the three counties who are struggling with their finances. New research by the Centre for Social Justice shows the average household debt in Britain is £54,000. Michelle Fulger is uh, from the Luton branch of the Citizens Advice Bureau. Is it a soft G or a hard G, Michelle? Um, As you said it, that's fine. Oh, I got it right. Thank you very much indeed. Okay, I was was going in blind. Now, uh, this must be a rather grim picture that you recognise, surely. It certainly is. I mean, over the past year, we've seen a 25% increase in priority debts, and that's the ones like um, rent rears, mortgage, gas, electricity, things that have serious impact on clients. And why is this happening? Is it because of people losing their jobs? Is it because people, you know, buying too much on their credit card? What are the main reasons? Um, Well, we're seeing more of priority debt, um, and that isn't credit cards there's things zero hour contracts play a part um, where people aren't sort of guaranteed work from week to week Um, benefit sanctions play a huge part where people can be sanctioned for 13 weeks for missing an appointment and then that makes it difficult for to pay bills Um, gas and electricity costs have increased greatly there's lots of different factors and at what stage are people coming to you with their problems? Is it just as they can see the problems happening or, or, or is it, you know, a, a year into it when actually things are, are, are probably worse than they could be? We do get a mixture. We're starting to get more people coming in at the very start when they realise they're meeting their bills this month but next month is going to be a struggle and that's a lot easier to help people with. But equally we get people coming in who are being evicted the next day and we have to help them urgently. And what what can you do practically, Michelle? Um, We can do a lot of practical things. Um, We can apply to charities. There's trust funds available for fuel debts. We can help with the legal paperwork for stopping an eviction. We can work out affordable payment plans, refer people to um, fee-free debt management plans. We can discuss bankruptcy debt relief orders. We'll take everybody individually and discuss the most suitable option for them. And if you're having such a big increase in people coming to you, are you able to deal with with this volume? We're doing our best, yeah. Some people do have to wait to be seen, but we are ha- we, we do deal with everybody that comes through the door. What, what kind of length of time are people waiting? Um, well, we try, we're trying a new system at the moment. I mean, I think the most is about an hour. Which oh, oh, okay. I thought you were going to say a couple of weeks or something. <laughs> no, oh, no. that's fine. Oh, in that case. Yeah, so just bring a book if yeah. you come. <laughs> It, it must be, listen, I, I am very lucky that for, for the most part of my working life, I have been financially solvent. There was, there was one period where it got a little bit ropey, but, yeah. but I've been very, very lucky in touch with that will continue. It must, be, it, it must be terrifying for people who've got kids, who've got houses, who've got mortgages, who've got uh, rent or whatever it may be. It, it must be really worrying for them. It is, and they need to know that there's lots of free debt advice out there. And don't be embarrassed. Come along and see us, because the sooner you see us, the sooner we can help you. Michelle, if people want to get in touch, how can they? They can get in touch by ringing 0844 245 1285 and that's the Citizens Advice Bureau advice line and also if they want 
advice they don't want to come into the Bureau, we've got a website, www.adviceguide.org.uk. Michelle, thank you very much. Keep up the good work. Michelle Fulger from the Luton branch of Citizens Advice Bureau. You're only waiting an hour. That's fine. I thought she was going to say two or three weeks. Uh, if you are facing debt, if it's approaching, if you're doing your maths and going, hang on a second, this isn't adding up, do go and talk to people as soon as possible. Don't think, oh, I can, no, listen, if I borrow from this and if I move this, I can sort this out. Go and speak to someone and see if you can sort it out early. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Front page of the Times, it's in a lot of the other newspapers. Church embraces, not literally, women bishops. The Church of England turned its back on decades of division yesterday and voted overwhelmingly in favour of women bishops. Well, we've been talking about this... Well, I've been, I've been here for 14 months. I've been talking about it pretty much since then. Um, and talking about it to this woman, Christina Rees, member of the General Synod. Good morning, Christina. Good morning, Ian. <laughs> we've talk, spoken about this so many times, and we've got close, and then we've backed away, and yeah. then we've got... What, what, what's happened? Why this change now? Yeah, you could be forgiven. It's sort of a Groundhog Day experience. Mm. Weren't we talking about this almost precisely one year ago? I think we were, weren't we? And yeah. it, was, it, it got voted out, and, or there was a yeah, problem, or... It, it got voted out um, by a, a handful of votes one year ago from yesterday... And uh, and so it had to go, if you can believe it, back to the drawing board. And, and what changes were introduced? Well, the amazing thing, Ian, is that in the last year, we've had so many changes. First of all, we have um, a new way of working where we have been meeting in small groups and talking out the issues with those who, you know, have different opinions on this. And the steering committee, a group who got together the new new look legislation, just said let's let's do it more simply, um, let's have it more be more fair for women, yay, <laughs> and which is what we've been asking for for many years. And the House of Bishops were very very determined that this was not going to take a long time because we have been debating this for years, and so. In in literally one year, we have gone from um, sort of a crash and burn situation in General Synod to what we did yesterday was say, yes, let's move on. We like this approach. It's a very simple measure. It's it just says, yeah, women can be bishops. And then the House of Bishops is going to take responsibility for making arrangements um, for people who may not want to um, have a, their bishop come and do a service if if it's Sheila instead of Stephen. So, so uh, some churches could could kind of opt out of this if they were so greatly offended by the idea of a, of a female bishop. Yeah, it's not so much a wholesale right. opt out now, thank right. goodness. It's more if if you really do not want your bishop to minister to you because she's a woman. Uh, and there are, I have to say, a sm- only a small minority of churches like that in the Church of England. You say that, I mean, last year the, the, it, they lost, a year ago in a day, they, the, the, it was voted out. It, it was a huge victory this time, 378 in favour, eight against, 25 abstentions. It was extraordinary. Were it you was, expecting that? No, no. It was, uh, a, I think, a, one of those welcome surprises where, oh my goodness, and it took a while to sink in, really, because it it, it was 
overwhelming. We uh, almost couldn't believe it when the votes were read out. Um, and uh, what this means now is it gives us confidence that uh, there's a little bit more process to go through, of course. This is the General Synod, and uh, it, it, it has to be debated again in the diocese. That can happen very quickly, and then it has to come back to Synod um, and then we can have the final approval vote, it's called. And we hope that we will have that uh, with it within a year and maybe <sighs> substantially less. Oh, I, so know, I know, I know. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm reading this in the, in the Times and um, uh, Canon Rosie Harper uses the word weird. People think we're weird. People, mm -hmm. This is a weird discussion to be having. It, it hasn't done you much favours, has it, as an organisation the last couple of years, this, this debating back and forth? No, and I think that's why, that's why Rosie's choice of the word weird was good because it, it summed up what I think a lot of us in the church think and certainly a lot of the wider membership and people who aren't necessarily members of the Church of England just look at us and think, what are you doing? So at long last... Uh, we we will, I, I believe this time we will get there and mm. then we will be able to have our leadership include both men and women and which is so, going to be so wonderful for the church and we've had women priests as, as you will know for 20 years wow. we have some of the most experienced wonderful women ministering as priests and a few deans and a handful of archdeacons but they're still prevented from being bishops which which means our whole church is suffering because we don't have the benefit of their leadership so it will be wonderful it will also be wonderful because of of the statement that the church finally makes about yes we actually think women and men are equal so that will be a, a, a great good in and of itself is this do you think this is partly in reaction to the story that was in the papers maybe yesterday or the day before that the, 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 the Christian church in this country could die off within a generation because it's just not attracting younger people. Yes, I I um I know that uh, the former Archbishop George Carey was was sort of preaching doom and gloom about it, and I think he did that because he's very concerned about some of the falling numbers. Even though I have to say, in places like London, the churches are growing, and this is not just the Church of England. This is churches across the the board Pentecostal churches. You know, there's a lot of growth in certain patches, but if you look at the overall picture, uh, the membership is declining, and it's declining most rapidly in the younger age range. So uh, I, I think what we have to do is um, think about, well, what type of church are we? What type of church do we want to be? And if we believe we have genuinely good news, which is what we say we do, um, then uh, how are we communicating that good news to the wider population and particularly to young people? Christina, final question. When do I get to call you the bishop? When's it, when's it happening? <laughs> that may take a little while longer. Right. I, w I want you to be a bishop. I want to be able to say our next guest, it's the bishop. Well, that, that's something to think about, Ian. OK, we look forward to it. Christina, thank you very much for coming on at short notice. Christina Reese, member of the General Synod. Uh, she's from Royston. If you hadn't noticed, she is a woman. Uh, and there will be female bishops at last. Right, let's get the travel news. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
The A1M northbound has one lane closed between Junction 4 for Hartford and 6 for Wellin following an accident, making things very slow around there. We've also had a call from Dave about the A421 heading southbound. That's partially blocked after an accident just before the M1 Junction 13 for Bedford. If you have any more info on this, you could let us know. That would be great. On the A40, though, eastbound still queuing after an earlier breakdown at the Park Royal Station. The N25 clockwise still slow through those roadworks at Junction 22 for St Albans and 23 for the A1M. M1 southbound heavy between the Toddington services and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. And public transport, Bakerloo line still have severe delays between Queen's Park and Harrow and Wealdstone with minor delays on the rest of the line. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Right, it's coming up to 8.47. It is um, Thursday, the 21st November. I'm Ian Lee. And these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. 1,600 households are paying the bedroom tax in Milton Keynes, among the highest number in the southeast. Soldiers from a secret British Army unit have admitted shooting unarmed civilians during the Troubles in Northern Ireland in the early 1970s. In cricket, Australia were 278 for eight at the close of play in the first Ashes Test against England in Brisbane. Coming up... Here comes Doctor Who and the Daleks Transformers Robots... Anyway, I'm getting lost. We'll be finding out. Uh, Justin Dealey's been out on the, out on the streets speaking to people and finding out if they want tomorrow's show to be the Doctor Who special we've got planned. I bet they do. Here's someone who certainly does. It's Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. I would say that, <laughs> Yes, you would if you want to keep your job. Ah, oh, OK. We've got Sarah Thornton tomorrow anyway. Oh, have you now? Y- yeah, she's a Doctor Who fan and she's good. Oh, right, OK. Well, well, I, I, I give it up for Sarah tomorrow then. I just don't... I find it very scary, no, you, Doctor Who. D- d- good, that's a good thing. No, it's not. I don't like to be scared. We'll, we'll send J-Dog, uh, Justin Dealey, round to protect you. How about that? Uh, yeah, OK. No, right, you wouldn't done. want that. Go on, get on with it. <laughs> All right, well, a very cold wind today, northeasterly wind, that's making it feel much colder than the air temperatures would suggest. We're up to six or seven degrees by the afternoon. There will still be a good, good few showers around today, but a dry, brighter afternoon, particularly across parts of Buckinghamshire. Overnight tonight, too windy still for a widespread frost. We might just see a touch of frost, though, in sheltered locations, down to two or three degrees. Still a few showers, perhaps over parts of Hertfordshire. That'll set us up for tomorrow. So lighter winds, but generally a dry and a brighter day. So a little bit more pleasant outside. Still cold, and it's looking cloudy and cold at the weekend, but dry. That's the forecast. Thank you very much. Every consumer problem has an unhappy customer. They've actually deleted the main account instead of attaching my one to it. We ordered it and when we got home we checked the measurement and it just will not fit. A company. We've asked the council, now they come up with a new excuse, it's not them, it's down to the highways. And he said, well I'm sorry, that's your policy. Oh well maybe next time you'll learn not to open the box. And me getting to the bottom of it all. And they confirmed that they would return my excess and that my no claims bonus would not be affected. The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. Weekdays from 9, BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've just had the saddest story about swearing ever. To, to children. A genuinely a heartbreaking story. Someone's called up and told you this, Kathy. It they was don't want, awful. They don't want to come on the air. Do you, do you want to tell it on the air? 
I can try to tell you, but oh, it's such a sad story. With no, no, no tongue in cheek here. This lady that rang up used to live on an RAF camp, and one of her friends had a little boy who was about five, and she used to think it was funny to call him and refer to him in earshot as a little bee. Yes, the, the illegitimate word. One day he was hit by a car. This sounds so... It sounds made up, but the way it was told to me, I'm sure it wasn't. And the last thing he said to her is, Mummy, will I be a, a little bee in heaven? Oh, dear. They listen, they hear everything. Oh, You're dear. supposed to be the example and the person who loves them most in the world. Isn't that heartbreaking? Thank you for that, Catherine. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. We'll get to Justin in a little bit, but before that, uh, regular caller to the show, Peter in Wolverton. Morning, Peter. Good morning, Ian. Peace be with you, brother. Uh, peace be with you too, brother. Speak, uh, swearing in front of children. It's not good, is but, it? No, I think it's deplorable. It, it, it all uh, goes down to the fact of being polite and having manners. How can you be polite and have manners when you're swearing uh, or using swear words with somebody that you're conversing with? Uh, a small story here. Um, I used to have a good friend uh, years ago who used to swear like a trooper in front of everybody and at everything and every other word, yeah. uh, including children. I used to take one of his young lads out uh, to help me on my uh, gardening rounds uh, for a day on Saturday, and uh, we used to take sandwiches, etc., etc. And this young lad, at the age of eight, never, ever used any kind of language at all. And I thought that was remarkable, because he knew that I never swore, so he was being polite to me. But I'm sure when he was at home with Dad, it was the same old carrying on. It would heartbreak. And, and, and listen, I know my kids are going to swear at me. I'm not naive. At some point, probably sooner than I would like it, m- m- one of my children is going to use a swear word, probably without knowing what it means. Uh, and when that happens, I will, I will take him to one side and I'll, I'll uh, explain to him what that word is, uh, what it means in an age-appropriate fashion, and, and explain why we only use those words in very, very rare circumstances, if at all. Uh, and, it, and it is a natural thing, isn't it? We, we grow up, we experiment with language, with words, and the power that certain words have. But just, I can't imagine sitting at home with my kids and dropping the F-bomb. Or, or you know, or, or I just can't, I just think it's very, very lazy. And we've had some parents, Peter, saying, oh, it's not as easy to do as you think. Yes, it is. I do a three-hour radio show every morning, OK? If it wasn't easy... I'd be effing and jeffing and would get the boot immediately. It is easy to turn on the swear filter and to stop swearing. It's easy. It is indeed. I've worked all over the world, all over with all manner of people, building sites and all the rest of it. And the language goes on and on. But you've just got to switch off and, and be yourself and try and be as polite as possible. Obviously, there are occasions when you... Uh, as you say, bash your thumb with the hammer and then, of course, you can't help... That's a spontaneous reaction and I think (laughs) it's justified in that situation. Indeed. Peter, peace be with you, brother. Nice to talk to you. People are saying it's... That's the example I should have come up with at six o'clock. People saying it's not easy to not swear in front of your kids. Well, hang on a minute. I'm not swearing here. I've only ever sworn once, once on the radio. And it was when uh, it was I was working at a radio station in London, um, and I, my, my producer and I. We, it was a little bit more freeform the show back in those days, and we didn't have any calls. So my producer and I had a fight. We, we, we wrestled each other, proper wrestling match, just to fill some time. And we wrestled, and it went on for ages. You had to pin the other one's shoulders down for, th- for the count of three, and I was exhausted. I, it went on for ages, and I was exhausted. And we finished, and I said on air, oh, thank goodness that's over. I'm 
exhausted, but with a swear word. Yeah, that one. And luckily, luckily, we had a studio technician who was with us and we had a seven second delay, which meant what we said went out seven seconds later on the air. And um, I never forget it. Alex, my, the, the, the studio technician went, I'm going to dump that. And he pressed the dump button and that bit was cut out. That's the only time I've ever done it. And that's because we were being stupid boys. It's easy to turn the swear. Fil- it, Justin, you've got a potty mouth in the office, but you don't swear <laughs> on this show. You don't swear on your show on a Saturday. Nope, I totally agree. And do you know what? Earlier on, I spoke to parents, and um, I've got to be honest, I was uh, shocked at what I was hearing. Not only people saying that that they work in a shop and they're hearing parents not swearing around their children, but swearing directly at their yep. children when they're asking for sweets. But but also parents saying to me, "Well, it's very very difficult." And and Ian's lying if he's saying that he doesn't swear in front of his kids. When was the last time a teacher swore in front of kids? It's, it's not, they, they turn they don't the do swear it. filter on. I, I totally agree. You know, if you want to, to, to swear, if you're around people that, that don't mind, that's absolutely fine. But I think every single person can, can turn that filter on and off in certain situations. Fact. Now, listen, we've got to get this in because I, I know I'm very excited about this. And I know that you're excited. I know that you're doing that thing. You're playing that, that sort of slightly grumpy, disinterested <laughs> character. But I know deep yeah. down you're excited. Saturday, Mm. The 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. Yes. And I am planning to celebrate it big time mm. on the show tomorrow. We're having a Doctor Who special, aren't we, Kath? No. Yes, we are. Justin, you went yes. out yesterday and you got you spoke to some people. I um, had the results back from the laboratory. It sounded like some of those uh, people were a little bit scripted. Is that because they said it was a ridiculous idea and they didn't agree with you? Is that why you're saying that? It's because it sounded like they were reading, Justin. I sent you out today to get a proper Vox Pop. (laughs) What have you got? What have you got? Are they up for it? People want it? Well, Ian, you requested greasy under-25s with spots, didn't you? That's what you requested. (laughs) Um, I have found those people for you in Hemel Hempstead. Here's what they think about the idea of you potentially doing a Doctor Who special tomorrow. Take a listen to this. I take it you're not a fan of Doctor Who, then? Definitely not. Go away, my boy. Can I nick a fag, boss? That's fine, but getting back to Doctor Who, you are a fan, aren't you? Yes. I just love the whole experience of watching it. So Ian Lee wants to do a special on Friday. He said, go and speak to young people. You're up for this special, aren't you? Yes, I am. Jake, you're 16. What do you think? If you did that, I'd be outraged. Weirdo. What, me or Ian? Ian. Demi, you're 15 years old. Ian Lee wants to do a Doctor Who special on Friday. You love Doctor Who, Matt Smith in particular. Tell us why you love him so much. I just love him. He's just so amazing. He's fit as well. <laughs> so it's a big yes from you, then? Yeah. Well, people's thoughts continue to flood in. Uh, Madam, you're uh, young and cool. What do you think? Never trust a man who wears checkered shirts and eats bananas in public. It's a no from me, I'm afraid. OK, well, I appreciate your feedback. Thank you very much. Well, I'm here with Patience. That's your real name, isn't it? Yeah. OK, yeah. Patience, what do you think? Why don't you do something on gangster rap? Gangster rap, OK. Us kids in the hood love this stuff. Go away, Gazer. It's a bit harsh. Go away, Gazer. Hannah, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 19. You're 19 years old. Doctor Who. You love it. Why are you such a big fan? I just like love all the storylines, love all the characters. Did your friends laugh at you for your love of Doctor Who? No, because they all like Doctor Who too. Really? Yeah. Okay. So Ian Lee on Friday, you think that he should be doing a Doctor Who special? You would tune in for that, would you? I would if he did a Doctor Who special. Oh, dearie, dearie me, Justin. You're, mm. you've, Angela's on the line. Good morning, Angela. What's the 
You see, now that's the voice of reason, Justin. <laughs> hey, listen, you know, I've been out talking to people. Some people will prefer a feature on gangster rap, but somebody's saying there that, yes, do it because Matt Smith is fit. That's the calibre of people, Ian, who want you it's, to do this it, special it, tomorrow. It's a good enough reason. Angela, listen, if we do this Doctor Who special tomorrow, which we will do, won't we, Catherine? Uh, sorry? Please no. Yes. You'll be listening, won't you? I'll even get up early. Oh, well, there you go, you see. Alex, thank you very much, Angela. I just want to play... Oh, we missed the beginning of that little package. I just mm. want to make sure mm. I know what the person at the start was saying. Leave it out, why, boy? Yeah, they did, didn't they? I thought yeah. so. OK. Justin, very quickly, you've got 20 seconds. Who's on your show on Saturday? Uh, on Saturday morning, we're going to be talking, hopefully, to uh, Dave Cousins from uh, The Straubs. Plus, uh, we're going to be playing the UK and American charts from the day that President Kennedy was assassinated. That, of course, uh, is 50 years ago this week. And we have the UK charts from this weekend back in 1980. Seven, all to come. Saturday, nine o'clock. Justin, thank you very much. Betty says if Doctor Who is on, she's off. Well, we'll speak to you on Monday then, Betty, I guess. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1M northbound still has a lane closed at Junction 6 for Welland following an accident causing quite a lot of slow traffic around there. This problem, we've had a call from Dave on the A421 and that's on the overbridge of the M1. It's blocked because of an overturned van at Junction 13 for Bedford but the slip roads can still be used to access the M1. It is causing a bit of problems in terms of just slow traffic there. M1 southbound, heavy between Toddington Services and Seven for Hemel Hempstead. Public transport Bakerloo line still has severe delays between Queen's Park and Harrow and Wheel Stone. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Thank you to everyone who took part. Scott has sent me a very naughty tweet, which I can't read out. Some of you have done. I'm back tomorrow at six o'clock. It will be a Doctor Who special. Get your C90 cassettes ready to record. JBS up next. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in... Is it impossible to live 